Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Introducing first, speaking out of Akron, Ohio, representing Team Popping the Boys, the headline god, Jeremy Lambert, and his co-host, speaking out of Atlanta, Georgia, representing more than one royal family, the king of indie viewing, Stephen Jensen, and this is the spotlight on fightful hello happy thanksgiving everybody it is the spotlight i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen shout out as always to big dick mlj for giving us the intro happy thanksgiving emil hope you're doing well hope everybody who has joined us on this thanksgiving morning is doing well steven hey no buddy I'm doing very well. Doing very well. I'm thankful. Um, all you guys, let's get out of the way. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Fightful, my my friends and my family today. And I'm thankful that the Minnesota Vikings get to try to redeem themselves in front of the whole world later tonight. Also, real quick before I forget, shout out to my boys, Purple Daily, Judd, Mackie, and Declan. Um, they're like my favorite Vikings uh, podcast, like through YouTube and stuff. And I watch them like every day while I'm working, like the shoot job and stuff. So, I want to give them a shout out. Got some merch, and I'm wearing my purple ready for my Vikings tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm having a good day. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. How are you doing, Jeremy? Uh, I'm I'm well. I'm about the best I've been in a week. This time last week, I was crippled. Uh, yeah. It was yeah, so so there was no show last week, as people may or may not know, because uh, I had COVID and I tested positive on late Wednesday. I didn't feel good Wednesday at all. Wednesday and Thursday were, were terrible. I, I talked all about the COVID experience on FMC. Everybody can go over to Fightful Overbooked if they if they want to really know what, everything I've gone through the past week. But I'm feeling better. Um, fingers crossed I might go to WrestleCade this weekend. I really wanted to. I was hoping to. But i not feeling 100%, and I don't want to go unless I'm at least like 90% or so. So <clears throat> we'll yeah. see. Yeah, last week was rough. Don't recommend getting COVID, everybody. Jensen, yeah. you, you've been there. 
Oh fun. yeah. Oh yeah. I was like you where like I missed all my shows for like a week. Like I yeah. had to it's the only week ever where I've canceled like the spotlight in the weekend or and and live rounds with Doug, like all all the same. Like I just didn't do anything. I couldn't. And y'all will notice it. I mean, in the in the interview that you were here at the end of the show, we interviewed Richard King on Tuesday of last week, and Jeremy was like starting to get it. So like you'll you'll notice in the interview, Jeremy's definitely getting yep. sick. Um, so it's possible I had COVID during that interview. It's very possible. You most likely did. I mean, it was like when uh. <laughs> Remember, like when I had it, um, before I realized that I did the show with you, like that morning, oh, yeah. and I was yeah. like, I was like, dude, something's wrong. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, you man, were, I feel so weird. You were rough that <laughs> morning. I can't believe you, yeah. you like made it through that show because that was that was a rough one. And yeah, you made it through, and then you're like, I'm going to sleep. I'm just taking the day. I was like, please take care of yourself. So oh, yeah, I literally yes. did the show and then and called like my shoot job, and I was like, listen, I don't know if anyone at work knows I'm like on YouTube right now. I'm not trying to like be that guy, but like you can watch the show. You can tell I'm sick. I cannot work today. Like I was just like, and then and then almost a week passed. But like I was I was texting my boss every morning, like, listen, I, I'm telling you, like I cannot work right now. And then uh, so no, I'm glad you're feeling better though, man. Um, thank you. Like, yeah, look at Joel over here being COVID. an instigator. No, nobody get COVID. Okay, <laughs> no. uh, we we do have an interview with Richard King that'll air that we taped it last week. Yes. It'll it'll air at the end of the show here today. Jensen has no shoot job to get to. Might hang nope. around a little bit longer. Yep. Uh, talk some wrestling. A lot of wrestling to talk about. A lot to get into. But great interview with, with Richard King. He talks about his AEW Dark experience, uh, Battle Slam, the the match with Ortiz that never aired on AEW Dark, advice from Christopher Daniels. Get into a lot of non wrestling stuff as well. So a really fun interview that we did with yes. him next week next week they are back the dynamic duo of jameson ryan and diamond chic next week they're going to talk all about the district championship wrestling show that is on sunday that jensen will be there that jensen will be doing commentary for that i've put a hit out on steven huh. jensen there's about five wrestlers in my dms saying all right what do you need me to do to jensen on commentary do you need me to give him a smack Give him a punch. Mm -hmm. Give him a kick. What do you need from me? And I was like, listen, <clears throat> listen, depending on what you do, that's what the price is here. So I got at least five people messaging me ready to take you out, Steven Jensen. All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to uh I'm ready to defend myself if need be. Um yeah, I'm, I'll be doing uh I think I'm gonna be doing Jameson's match on commentary, uh Sheik's match, and they asked me if I wanted to do suicides match also. I don't know who um who's gonna be under the mask though. Like what's like version of suicide? Nobody's under the mask. It's suicide. What are we talking about under the mask? It's suicide. There's nobody underneath the mask. It's one person. It's the same. It's the same person. It's always been. Oh, oh, you're working. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. So like, because anyway, but I uh, yeah, and that they told me I could really do like as many matches as I want, but I was like, dude, I'm not trying to like step on people's toes either. Like, I don't have really any commentary experience. Um, you know, they did, but but Jameson and, and Sheik have just been so cool to to both of us. They have. Um, that uh, yeah, Jameson like he's even he's even talking like if I want to bring like a crew and stuff like before the shows, we can get like some YouTube stuff done and like whatever. I mean, like he, he's really opened it up for like us to like really like get some content and then also shout out to battle slam they have a show sunday night as well but they're not show they're not starting until like 11 p.m eastern so i doubt i'll be able to go to that because i have to work my 
my shoot job the You're next day. You're not going to be available for the shoot job the next day, Jensen. You're going to be laid up in the hospital after everybody takes you out. I know. I know. It's so funny because, like, even if that actually happened, like, let's say somebody, like, did take me out at one of these shows, my job's never going to believe that that actually happened because <laughs> everyone tries to take the day after, you know, after Thanksgiving break off. So, like, there's no chance I can take that off without it being, like, totally suspect. Um, but anyway, long story short, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend. We have football all day today. Um, got like some fights and well, actually there's no UFC tomorrow. There's gotta be some good stuff to watch tomorrow though. Um, or on Saturday we the have world Friday. Cup. We got watch the world. No, oh, yeah, maybe I'm sure there's some esports. I've been watching a ton of CS go, um, watching, uh, whenever rocket league's on. You've gotten Anyways. me into this Rocket League thing. Yeah, I saw you were watching it. Like, yeah. It was like two weeks ago at this point. And I was like, all right, send me the link to this. I used to be heavy into watching Mortal Kombat. Uh, used to mm. used to watch the, the Mortal Kombat tournaments and everything. My, my buddy Samer got me into that. I'll watch the esports if it's on. I don't have the, the time to do that as much anymore. But yeah, I did watch some of the Rocket League. It's very... Yeah, I've played some Rocket League and like watching professionals do it. Completely way, different like, game. Yeah, yeah, way, way different. The way like they're talking like, oh, there's a good bump here and it's a setup and they're doing all this. Like a lot the games that I was watching was like zero zero stuff. And maybe they were scoring like overtime or whatever. <laughs> I was like, man, this is nothing like when I play where it's just up and down disorganized mess. Exactly. That's what's so much fun about it outside of like the monetary aspect. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not like advocating anybody do any of these things i'm not like making suggestions or trying to influence anybody in any way um but i i love uh quote unquote gambling on uh on on esports it's so much why'd fun put, to me why'd you put it in quotes because it's technically it's daily fantasy it isn't actually gambling oh, yeah, so okay. so it's it's legal in the state of georgia like it's completely legal but I, I can't sports bet in the state of georgia but i can do daily daily fantasy with money involved in georgia it's so silly um, oh, see, see, I've I've said this on Twitter, but like it's sports betting is going to be legal uh, in 2023 here in Ohio. I'm so all these websites are like, get your free $200 to do bets. And I was like, yeah, let me get all this free money to bet. Can't wait. Yes, do it, dude. It's so much fun, dude. Rock, Rocket League and, and CSGO are my favorites for that because uh, CSGO is Counter-Strike Global Offensive. For those who don't know, uh, first person shooter. It's, it's the same kind of thing. If you ever try to play that game, it's just a completely different experience watching these pros do it. But, um, but so like, yeah, shout out to Chronic. That's my favorite, um, my favorite Rocket League player. I've never, I've never lost a, um, a wager on a Chronic before. That guy killed, he's 17 years old. He's so good. And then there's a, uh, the Counter-Strike is usually during the day. So like while I'm doing my shoot job from, from my living room, I have two, like 50 inch screens in my living room. And I put both, like they have like live Counter-Strike tournaments during the day so i'll put on like two different twitch channels and have two different games going for like the entire work day and just be putting wagers on on counter-strike the entire day it's, it's fun man um so yeah there's all that um also really quickly just because i don't want to i don't want to forget about this and um and i know we have a lot to talk about today but we have some extra time like we've said um uh tomorrow 9 30 a.m eastern Fightful Overbook. You probably don't even know about this yet. Um, I, I know SP3 said you guys are cooking up something, but yes. I don't know what it is. I'll touch on it a little bit now, and then we'll deep dive tomorrow. Um, we are going to do a tribute to Jason David Frank and the Power there Rangers tomorrow nice. morning, uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Fightful Overbooked. Um, so if y'all are available, please join us. Rest in peace to JDF. 
the green slash white ranger. He played various other colored rangers <clears throat> throughout the years, but um, my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers era was, you know, the green ranger, white ranger. I posted a, a, a tweet this week. Like, I, I have, like, you know, like the dagger and the sword and stuff, you know, here in my office and, you know, like I got, you know. Can you play huh? it? Can you play this it? This has no batteries in it currently, oh. but this one does, I think. Yeah. And then, and then, like you know, it goes the the thing can uh, yeah, it cut your go head up and down. And, oh, there we go. But uh, but yeah, so like I, and I got like, dude, I, I have like a signed uh, Green Ranger Funko Pop and stuff, and I saw that I'm not gonna sell it because I'm not. That's not like my uh, that's not like my my prerogative. But right. like, I went on eBay. I'm just curious, and like the the signed Funko Pop I have of his literally like quadrupled in price the day he died, and it's just like. Uh, the, the the scalpers they they go i mean i get it it's a business there's some people who collect this stuff specifically to sell it when people die and make the profit i get that but as a fan i just want to say rest in peace to jdf we'll, we'll deep dive it tomorrow with sp3 but um he's a guy that like an entire generation of kids like us really look up to and i yeah. still do like I, I i i think it's super 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 unfortunate if the way that he passed is is true um because the guy had so much love he did so many of those conventions and had so many fans always walking up to him and taking pictures with him and telling him how much he meant and mental health. Uh, it's so, it's such a serious thing. And, you know, it's just, it's a real, real, real shame. Um, but rest in peace to Jason David Frank. You can of course give some thoughts if, if you'd like to as well. I just wanted to throw that out there at the top of the show. Definitely. RIP Jason David Frank. Uh, I think anybody who's a power Rangers fan looks back on the green white Ranger storyline. And it's like the best power Rangers story of all time. I remember watching that yeah. though, like those episodes and like his arc just so, so much as a kid. And I should probably revisit a lot of that stuff, but yeah, he, 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 he got into like MMA and everything. Yep. I think he had a couple <laughs> exhibition fights, maybe like one pro fight, but yeah, he big time influencer when, when it came to obviously the, the power Rangers and that, that community. And also just kind of like the MMA stuff. Cause people are like, Oh shit! The Power Rangers guy is is doing MMA, and you saw the outpouring of love from the wrestling community, from MMA community as well when he passed away. And very unfortunate the way that he passed away. If that's true, because uh, yeah, that's no joke. Uh, and if anybody is out there struggling, you know, reach out to somebody, call call hotline, reach out to. We, we said all the time, if, if you're struggling, uh, DM Jensen or I. Yeah, I, for my, sure. my DMs are open. Yep. You know, you're not alone on this stuff. Send us a message. Like, what's up? talk banter bullshit whatever just any type of help you, you might need whatever can get you by you know we're here for you guys so it's very very unfortunate but yeah. i wish you guys the best with the with the show tomorrow i'm sure it'll be a, a great listen uh if i'm potentially available i might pop on and give some thoughts and stuff but yeah Please that do. that the the green white ranger stuff i remember he had the uh i used to watch this shit all the time as a kid he had like the the martial arts instructional video during this oh, time right. i oh man i put that on like every single day doing all the karate moves and stuff when i was a kid <gasps> yeah like that that was my shit uh, like, yeah that that story was was just man. tremendous yeah i had any type of like green white ranger like toys figures collectibles like i had my hands on at, at some point and unfortunately mm -hmm. i don't think i kept any of that stuff which I'm, I'm a little bit sad about maybe there's some stuff in like my, my parents attic that i can dig up but yeah at that time and that was 
that was the cool thing. That was the yeah. cool thing. Power Rangers ruled, and and that story and his presence on that show was like legit the most memorable thing about that show for me as a kid. Yeah, he was he was easily my favorite. Uh, he was Tommy Oliver on the show. That was the, the name of the show, and and just Tommy was the coolest. He was he was the one who was like dating Kimberly, who you know had a big crush on. You know, just like he was just the cool one. He he started as the heel. He was the one who was against them that they reformed and and became yeah. essentially the leader of the Power Rangers um also <clears throat> real quick and this isn't uh we'll talk we'll talk a bit about this man a little later in the show but like, you remember the fight that jdf was trying to get for all those years with cm punk yeah he called him yeah. out over and over and um i remember and this isn't you know people know how i feel about punk and all but like like i just want to throw this out there for people who don't know um because i thought the way that 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 phil uh framed the whole thing was uh was super disrespectful over the years um Jason David Frank is a legitimate martial artist. Like he was so good at his discipline of, I can't remember if it was karate, taekwondo, his, his, his upbringing of martial arts, he was so good at that. It became like, like the, you know, the highest belt level possible with like all the stripes, however it works. But then he, he was so good. Like he created his own style of martial arts that he was like the grandmaster of. And, and he was legit with MMA. Like the guys that he fought, he destroyed in legitimate fights they weren't good fighters but like jdf went in there and destroyed these guys like he was definitely legitimate and i it always bothered me that cm punk when he'd be asked about it he would literally laugh it off and be like i'm not doing a celebrity freak fight with that guy like and it's like dude it's not a freak fight like this dude's an actual martial like you can't be saying that about this guy like you of all people can't call this guy not a martial artist and so it always bugged me that he that he literally would laugh that the idea of that fight off it was a celebrity it was the green ranger a power ranger fight it's like man i just hope nobody out there in the world actually heard that and like believed that was the case because jason david frank was a more legitimate martial artist than cm punk will ever be and like i it always really bothered me that 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 you talk about him like that so um so that said um yes we'll talk even more about jason david frank and the power rangers tomorrow um i'm really bummed out about it like it really this has been a weird month man with like rumble johnson dying like kind of like out of nowhere yeah um there was uh there was also someone someone else um really recently too it's, it's all like it's all getting all messed up now in my head when i'm thinking about it but there, i feel like we've had some big ones recently that have just been like really like just yeah just real real it's a real bummer anyways i hope everyone has a good thanksgiving though like everyone you know like i like i know i know i'm saying like it's such a bummer like what i'm what we're starting off on but like i do hope everyone like enjoying their day today damn well kevin jensen conroy, i know that was, that, that was another one that you know kevin conroy i feel like that there was, was another one like conroy. really recently also who there was someone else anyway someone else someone in the chat will know but anyways Speaking of your beloved CM Punk. I'm old and I'm fucking tired and I work with fucking children. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. Uh, the wife points out that Aaron Carter was... was that was it. Player. That was the one. That was the one. Well, we talked about him a lot. We did. About, uh, that's why I didn't remember because we, we actually... We, we did give a bit of a tribute to, to Aaron Carter. And yeah, that, that, th thank you, EP, for... Um, that that was it. That was who I was thinking of. So all right, we're gonna we're gonna rewind so I can set that up better. I'm old and I'm fucking tired, and I work with fucking children. I'm tired of wrestling these kids that think they uh, they know everything. The fucking children, Stephen Jensen. 
<laughs> the elites, the fucking children in question. <laughs> like MJF is champ. We'll get into that here in a second. But my God, Kenny Omega, the young bucks, the shit they pulled yesterday, last night on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I could not help but cackle at this. Just cackle at what happened. So Kenny Omega comes uh, comes out yesterday, Sports Illustrated interview. He's like, yeah, we're not, not going to talk about it all out. We can't just like move on. And he mentioned Jason David Frank. He's like, there's just bigger stuff going on than wrestling. Like, it's not about the elite versus punk, Omega versus punk. It's about like us trying to do our art and all this stuff. It's like, ah, oh, these are nice little words by Kenny Omega. Cool. They come out in Chicago last night for this trios match. They get the fuck the elite chance, which is expected in Chicago. They get the CM Punk chance. Okay, expected because we had the fuck CM Punk chance in New Jersey for full gear and they leaned into that on BT and everything. So we had those chants last night and it's like, all right, we got the chance. We get it right. We get it. Match happens. Kenny Omega does the little go to sleep sign before he's setting up the Terminator dive. It's like, all right, all right. All right. Nice little nod there. You cute, got me cute, there. Cute. Yeah, okay. that, that's yeah. cute right there. And then they just go full bore with everything. Kenny Omega is biting pack on the arm. He is hitting the GTS and the best <laughs> Matt Jackson yes. so falling good. on his ass for the mm. buckshot lariat and then looking around and holding his foot. He grabbed his like, leg. Oh yeah. shit, what happened? <laughs> What's going on here? These assholes. <laughs> I was dying on this stuff. Like you can say what you want about it. I'm, I know people are mad. Like, oh, look at these. They're children. CM Punk called it. They're going to lean into it. This is who the elite are. This is who they're going to continue to be. If you disagree with it, if you don't like it, I completely get it. I get if you're mad about all this stuff. Me, personally, as someone who just likes to fucking pop himself and do dumb shit with his friends, absolutely love it. Loved every second of this dumb shit that they were doing. How about you, Jensen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was hilarious. I, I, I ate it up. Um, <clears throat> I think it's pretty clear Punk's coming back, by the way. Oh, um, I disagree. <laughs> Oh, you, you, don't think you, you think this no. is, I, I think here, here's the thing, I, you know, I've said a lot of stuff about punks since, since this whole thing went down, um, at all out and everything, but I've also said along the way, like, I'm, I think it'd be fascinating, um, if they can make some money with this, if punk came back and they did like Kenny Omega versus CM Punk or something like that, like it would be, it like, that would be, I, I would really like to see that, that dynamic on television. Cause I think CM Punk is a heel, which is just astronomical heat in AEW that could, I'm, I am interested to see what that looks like. Um, you just, you can't put the world title on him again. I feel like it, it, all the personal stuff aside, like even just the injuries alone, I feel like you can't keep putting punk in that position. Uh, Cause you just do injury prone. I feel like at this point to, to be the world champion, but you could damn sure pair him with someone like MJF and like have him not go for the title, but be involved in like, you know, big stuff. Um, but I also, I mean, I think also think it's possible. He's not coming back. Um, but he, but it, it was weird. He was like joking about it on commentary when he's doing the like that fight pass show the this past week. Yeah, Cage Cage Fury fighting championships. Yeah, he made the joke yeah. of like 
that the one announcer is like, oh, we're going to do cage fear wrestling. We're looking for a big signing. And he's like nodding over to Punk. And Punk's like, ah, oh, you don't want me. Like, I'm trouble in the locker room. I'm bad news. And they were all joking about it. And then John Morgan was like, yeah, don't don't have him do any press conferences. So they're even Punk's doing like wink nod kind yeah. of stuff. But like, so here's my reason for why I don't think he's he's coming back. One, he's still injured. If he's coming back, like, it's not going to be anytime soon. You can't do a right. match for another few months. So I, I don't think that, I don't think he's coming back to, to wrestle anytime soon. I don't think he's, I just don't think he's coming back. I I think that they're just doing this because this is who they are. Like I, that's what I think. I think this is just who the elite are. They, they like to be passive aggressive. They're children. They, they like to lean into this stuff. This is who they've always been. They've always leaned into this stuff on being the elite. And if you're in Chicago and you're hearing these chants and stuff, you're just going to continue to do this. Okay. Like again, you could disagree with it. I'm not even saying I fully agree with it. Should they maybe like be a little bit better than that? Should they, you know, not lean into it as much? Should they be the bigger people? Sure. Maybe a little bit, especially if you're going to be EV, which I don't know what this EVP status is. I joked uh, that it's, executive vice petty which if that's the case and not executive vice president then they're they're completely living up to to their uh job title here but i don't think he's coming back and i think that they're just leaning in they're just leaning into stuff if i'm if i'm paul if i'm paul i would call up punk and be like look you want an outlet to 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 say what you want to say come on come on come on over here and and Say what you need to say, okay? Like that's I'd try to mend that relationship because there's there's still money to be made with Punk. Now, does he want to make that money? Is he just fine maybe being out of wrestling and just letting it go? Maybe there's still a lot of human emotions involved in all of this, a lot of personalities involved in all of this, and I understand why they might want to not take that risk. I understand why Punk might not want to do it. Uh, but right now, if you ask me, it, oh, this mean Punk coming back. I don't think it means any of that. Now it's possible he still may come back, but I'm not someone who's just going to be like, "Oh, he's definitely coming back" because they're doing this. I think this is just being children. Being children. Well, and also like for anyone who has like a problem with what they're doing, you clearly don't know the history of like the elite because they've clowned everybody forever. Like this is like very much in their wheelhouse to be doing stuff like this, whether Punk's coming back or not. Like this is this is who the elite are. That's what makes them basically who they are in a lot of ways like you know it's those wink wink not you know nods to the fans it's it's the sockets and the two sweets and all that stuff throughout the board club all those like little tongue-in-cheek things that they would do with the fans like it's uh you know so yeah i, I thought it was hilarious though like I, I had my my buddy mike hughes over yesterday he comes over for most of the AEW shows and we were watching it and we were we were having a good time with that that was uh that was that was pretty funny. I missed the the buckshot initially because I think it happened in picture in picture, and someone tweeted at me, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta check that out." I watched. It. I was like, "That was so funny." Um, also, a little off topic, but if anyone wants to check it out, I uploaded it late last night. I don't think actually more people have responded to it on um on Hive than on Twitter, which is funny because like I was like no one followed me on Hive, but I did an edit. You'll probably it's about thirty seconds long. I edited um. Randy Mar- Marsh's Guitar Hero into the Elite's <laughs> um, entrance, because nice. um, he does uh, Kansas Wayward Son on the yeah. on the yeah. show when he's doing that. But uh, 
<clears throat> but yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of, I kind of hope that they get Punk back to, to do, because I just think it'd be fascinating to see him back as a heel and, and them actually pay this off. But, um, I think I, I would say it's about 50 50 in my mind right now. Like it's a real coin toss, like whether or not, it's, I, if you would ask me a month ago, I'd have said like, I'm 90% sure Punk's done with AEW. But after last night, I feel like more like it's 50 50. So. I think because of everything that happened last night, it seems a little bit more likely because like a lot of people are saying, why are you going to do this if you're not going to make money off of it? And to which I say once again, because this is who they are, right? This is just who they are and you don't have to like it. And I understand why people don't like it personally as someone who might get me in trouble, who just finds wrestling stupid do all of this dumb shit i love wrestling it's provided me with a nice little life here but like it's it's a dumb sport it's it's the dumbest you can get away with just shit that you're not supposed to be able to get away with and you can just claim it's a work you can claim it's a sh- whatever you just do a lot of dumb shit in professional wrestling there's no lines there's no boundaries and sometimes that'll get you in trouble and everything but yeah, as someone who just finds wrestling dumb and you can lean into that dumbness. I think that's all they're doing. Right. Right. And 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 when you look at the kind of timeline of events too, and like just kind of to make try to make sense of like what is and isn't real, what's a work, what's a shoot, and stuff. We always have to keep in mind that like works can turn into shoots and vice versa. So yeah. like this isn't something where like it was a shoot the whole time if CM Punk comes back. Like no, something no, definitely happened because like there's no reason, there's no other explanation as to why they would have Kenny return after all that time, have a completely different storyline going with him with like, you know, it's like coming back from injury and like working his way back in, um, having them wait on the trios titles for that long for him to return, then win the trios titles, have CM Punk win the world title, have everyone vacate everything and no one's on TV for the next three months. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's just no way that that was all the plan all along. Now, then maybe they're at a point now where like they can figure things out and like cooler heads may prevail and they might be able to turn it into a work, but it it has it's not one of those things that was a work the whole time. The only thing I want to throw out there though that makes that that ever leaves any seed of doubt when it comes to AEW with me in any in any way is I I I thought the Cody thing was a work until he showed up on on WrestleMania. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I'm so I I you know I'm not when it comes to AEW I'm not nearly as like confident in like what's a work and what's a shoot what's Tony Khan putting out to the media? You know, what are the wrestlers putting out to the media? You know what I mean? Like what are, huh? So Tony Khan's putting out to the media, no comment. Well, no comment. No, I know. But I'm just saying like anytime that you get any, any sort of news, it's like, I just never know. Cause it's like, dude, it's wrestling. You know, it's wrestling. Like there's, you're, you might always be getting work. There might always be a shoot. It might be a little bit, it's usually a mixture of both to some degree. So like, it's just one of those things where like when it's AEW, all that kind of stuff keeps me on my toes because, like, I think that it was totally a shoot, but I also think Tony Khan is smart enough as the owner of that company and a big enough wrestling mark to also recognize, like, if we can figure something out, though, like, even if it's for one more match, it would be astronomically, uh, it would be astronomical because there'd be so much interest in it. Sure, if if they can figure it out and they can make money off of it, they will. That's just smart business i mean look at look at i I hate to drudge this up but we're in the 25th anniversary of it montreal right that was 
100% shoot, but because Brett and Vince patched things up and the way everything happened with WCW, we got sent there to kill WCW and all this stuff. Like people have like convinced themselves. Some people still think like it's a work because like, well, look what happened. If it was a shoot, Brett would have held a grudge forever. It's like, no, like people can get over stuff, especially if right. it means like making money on exactly. stuff. So if Punk comes back, it does not mean it was a work the entire time because it's a very stupid work to keep these guys off television this long and blow up clear plans with punk as champion with the elite as trio's champion and here here's the other thing i don't think tony khan is bless tony he's, he's he appeals to he appeals to me a lot of times when it comes to his booking sure i don't think he is smart enough to lay out something like this as a as an angle Right, like I just don't think he is going to lay out something like this as an angle. I, I'll say this: I think he's smart enough to book something that would come off like a complete shoot potentially to us, because I think he has that kind of mind for it. Where like he's just such a lifelong wrestling mark, dirt sheet, you know, like message board guy. But I'm just, does. but I'm saying, like, I'm saying, I don't think he's, I don't think he would put knowingly on purpose put himself in the position you just described. Like, I don't think yeah. he would blow up all these plans, take the titles off take the elite off TV and all this stuff like that just doesn't make any business sense to do any of that. If it's just to build interest in a potential match with CM Punk, you know, six months or a year later or whatever, like whenever he's back. So like I, um, I, uh, Caden saying I'm giving Tony Kong too much credit. I think we don't give Tony Khan enough credit to be honest. Like, I, I think it's cool as hell that he's like around our age and he's a lifelong fan. And he has all the money in the world and he gets to put his fig fed on national television. I think it's, I mean, I do the same thing if I had the money. I think it'd be incredible to be able to do what Tony Khan's doing. But I also gave him a lot of credit thinking that he was working us when with the Cody negotiations. I thought that him and Cody were working us the whole time about that. And then lo and behold, Cody walks out on, on WrestleMania and I'm like, oh no. Oh no. He's, he actually left. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh no. So like, so, you know, I get work too plenty, you know, it's just like anyone else. Um, but I, uh, but no, I, at the end of the day, I guess, I guess really where we're at is I think uh, a few days ago, even people would have said, yeah, CM Punk's done. But after last night, it's making people think like, okay, they really trolled him. But I'm with you too, though, Jeremy, like the elite just troll people also. Like it doesn't necessarily mean Punk's coming back because they're trolling him, but it's also kind of like if he's not coming back and here's the other thing, maybe you out there, you, you, you do your digs and you just need to never do that again. You know, it's maybe they it was Chicago it one time. Too. Yeah. It, right. you like, you're going to lean into it a little bit because they were heels. They were, they were healing up with the fuck the elite and the CM Punk chance. There were some fuck CM Punk chance last night as well, but it was Chicago and they True. were doing this stuff. They didn't do any of that stuff at full gear. Their first match back. I think the Chicago crowd definitely played a part right. and why they leaned into it even more and i don't think we're gonna see that like going forward because they're probably just gonna get cheered everywhere else going forward yeah no you're you're 100 right about that um with it being in chicago that's obviously the the biggest thing and i, I definitely should have i counted that when i was when i was going through my points there um so you're right it might have just been a chicago thing um because they were getting booed um and it makes sense to do that there with it being a pro punk pro punk crowd it's weird though too because like chicago is also like that's an AEW. that's like AEW's home like without cm punk you know so it's like it's weird that like it's just interesting to see 
I also saw I saw Cher tweet something uh, last night that I thought was was pretty accurate. She was like, the same people that uh, cheered for CM Punk for seven years while he was gone are the ones that think he did nothing wrong. And I think that that's kind of I think it's pretty accurate. Like I feel like that there's like there is a portion of the AEW fan base that like wasn't really AEW fans until CM Punk got to the company, and then like they they joined they jumped on the ship also, and a lot of them are still there, and now they're mad because they feel like CM Punk's been wronged or whatever. They they're they're still on his side with when it comes to all this. So like it's just it's interesting to see. But I, I think at the end of the day, if the, as long as the fans are making noise and people are interested, whether they're booing, cheering, whatever, as long as they're not indifferent and not making any noise at all, um, I'm I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Like you can choose to cheer the elite, you can choose to cheer CM Punk, you choose to boo whoever you want. As long as you're making noise, John Cena always talked about that too. He's like, Man, I don't care if they're cheering me or they're booing me, like It'd be a problem if they weren't say if they weren't doing anything, but they're so they're they make noise every time I'm out there. That's what matters, you know. So like, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm I'm obviously I'm I'm very much on team elite when it comes to the whole situation, but like I I'm also not naive enough to like to think like you know I, I as a as a pro wrestling fan I want to see CM Punk back at AEW just to see how this plays out on TV. Like I just think it'd be fascinating. So. Caden needs a super chat says, even though my pig is with punk FC and punk and mm-hmm. Newark, we'll change your profile picture. You coward. How about, how about you do that? That's yeah. And I'm not even going to say like FC and punk. I mean, I've, I, I have, you know, people know how I feel about them, but like, just one of those things, man. Like I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan I'm, over anything else. I'm really a wrestling fan. Like, and if, if it can be good wrestling television, regardless of how I feel about the people, like hell, I'm I'm a lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan. Randy Moss is like my favorite player ever. He was a terrible teammate. People didn't like playing with him. He said he'd play when he wants to play. Straight cash, homie. You know, like yeah, Randy care. Moss rolled. Yeah, but he didn't care about anyone himself. Like completely self-centered. But never tried unless he knew the ball was coming to him. Didn't block for people and stuff. Never ran across the middle. Yeah, but like. But right, right. I mean, like, preferably <laughs> that's what you how you do it, right? But like, but my my point is, I still cheered him every single time he played for the Minnesota Vikings because, like, I had to just separate like how I thought about. Even he he refused to give my dad an autograph in the airport when we were kids. Like, like, like we got Chris Carter and Robert Smith and Denny Green and like all other like big time players and the coach on the team. Randy Moss is the only guy who wouldn't sign, and it's just you like you should have kicked him in the shin. But, he, but but what the thing is like even then I still cheered the guy because he was so insanely talented and that's kind of how I feel about Punk where it's like I'm gonna like the guy for a lot of reasons but like what he did on AEW television I think was some of the best pro wrestling I've ever seen some of those feuds and especially the stuff with MJF was phenomenal professional wrestling like if you were to come back with all this added heat I want to see how that looks on television as a pro wrestling fan um. So I, I'm able to separate, you know, I can separate and compartmentalize kind of like my feelings about like a human versus like their, their talent, as long as they're not doing something like, you know, there's obviously a line there of like, there's certain people I'm not going to cheer because like the, what I think that they're doing is like, people like is, is that bad, but like punk's not in that, in that boat. Like punk's just kind of a, an asshole, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't mean he's necessarily like a terrible person. I just think he's kind of an asshole and it's hard to work with. He has a track record of that in like every company he's been in, but like doesn't mean he's not a fantastic pro wrestler when he's on the screen. I'll, I'll always give him credit for that. So I was done. You were too late on the graphic, Jeremy. Ah, it just it pops up to the end. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you keep going? just work <laughs> in a shot. You gotta work in a shot at, at CM Punk. Like 
just every single time like like it's brett and goldberg it doesn't I matter mean, what we're talking about just like I, we, we talk about uh we'll talk about mjf here in a second we'll talk about regal and moxley so yeah john moxley great worker you know nice guy gives back to the business cares about the business unlike that asshole cm punk who's only out for himself doesn't matter just take the shot at cm punk anytime you can should well, be in so, the hall of fame so should so so yeah that's like uh yeah i guess kind of like my if, if you're comparing me to, to to Bret Hart when he talks about Goldberg, he'll, he'll always go out of his way to be like, Goldberg can't wrestle. He was unsafe in my career. Like, should have never went to WCW because then I never would have had to wrestle that guy. Like, he'll always come back to it. For me, the CM Punk thing is always, like, fantastic on AEW television. Um, great wrestling heel. Great wrestling babyface. Really interesting matches. Really interesting storylines. Fantastic on the microphone. Can't bite, though. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> just like you know so like so i can give him all the credit in the world but like if i if i want to if i want to if i want to throw out a dig i'll just tell y'all to go watch this fight against mike jackson where mike jackson who's a who's a part-time fighter held him down and tickled him in the middle of the ufc octagon you know what i'm saying like if you want to hear me but but that has nothing to do with pro wrestling you know what i mean like that's just that's just personal but like uh but but as far as a pro wrestler i think cm punk's fantastic at it can't fight though gives a shit if he can do this fake uh pro wrestling stuff can't throw hands Fuckings. well he can throw hands but he's not gonna like he's not gonna do anything that's the problem <laughs> like like i mean like, that's, he can throw him just gonna yeah, like, he can, miss he can people. Throw him. i mean ask the young bucks i don't think anyone really got hurt in whatever happened backstage i um, apparently i mean i don't know who he he knocked out but depending on i think that chair knocked out one of them uh that's much different than yeah of uh, punching someone and knocking them out but the, i the, the biting spot. That's, that was so funny last night. The biting spot. When he was, did that shit, I was just like, oh, okay, Kenny. Okay, Kenny. All right, Kenny. You got me there. Okay. That was hilarious. Je- Jesse Davin, by the way, put up a great, uh, it was like a happy Thanksgiving card looking thing. And it's Kenny biting the arm like a like a turkey <laughs> leg. So shout out Jesse. You all should check that tweet out. I thought that was pretty, I thought it was really clever how she put that together. Um, but uh Caden <laughs> wants me just to go off for a minute. I don't want to like force myself to do that because here's the thing: like I'm the crazy thing is people think I'm such a giant CM Punk hater. Ninety percent of the time, I'm praising the guy. It's just the like ten percent when I talk about his MMA run that people get really, really, really upset about. But um, there's actually there was a YouTube video that came out. I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I I highly recommend. Um, somebody actually recently did a whole YouTube video. It's like an hour long. And it, it, the majority of it deep dives in this, the UFC run of CM Punk. So like, if you think I'm just like bullshitting or just a giant hater, like just watch that video. It's on YouTube. You can't miss How it. How is there an hour long video on CM Punk's well, MMA a good, career? Well a, good, well, a good portion of it is like explaining his like wrestling career to like people okay. who wouldn't know. And then, um, but then there's, cause the thing is, once again, people don't realize he trained for four years heading into the Mike Jackson fight. So there is a lot to talk about. He trained for a really long time. He just was just terrible at actually fighting. But like he, he, he was a part of the sport for like four or five years. He was, he did. I do remember like he, when did he like officially get signed? It was like two years before he actually. Yes. Like, he did that fought. interview with Joe Rogan at right. uh, cage side. 
Um, and then he went and signed, uh, went and, and, and started training with, with Rufus Ford out of Milwaukee. And that's like one of the best camps he could have possibly joined. So like he gave himself every advantage in the world, trained with like Anthony Pettis and Duke Rufus and Sergio Pettis <laughs> and stuff. And uh, so he signed, so he signed December, 2014 and he did not fight until September, 2016. So and he got nearly two Mickey all beat him in what, under two minutes, the first yeah. fight. Yeah. Um, rear naked choke and then the second fight was what two years after that yeah against michael jackson who's a who's a part-time fighter who his only his only michael jackson's only ufc win is getting kicked in the nuts and eye gouged and winning by disqualification <laughs> well um, technically technically cm punk is one oh and one yeah because mike jackson failed or, the oh, test yeah, after. Oh, okay, one yeah that's one. sorry okay yeah mike jackson for the record, Michael Jackson defeated CM Punk that night. Nope. Handily defeated him. But yes, in the record book, it didn't count because he smoked weed and that was a problem at the time. <laughs> now now it wouldn't even be a suspension with like the way that the limits have changed. But um CM Punk retired without losing. No, he lost to Mickey Gall straight up. Well, like in mean, his last fight, he he did not lose. Oh. <laughs> okay. So coming um, off a of no contest, CM Punk. Look, I like I said, the Mike the Mike Jackson one is one thing. I'm sorry, the the Mickey Gall thing is one thing. Like he should have never been in the cage with Mickey Gall. That was just completely unfair. But like the Mike Jackson one is like, like I'm not saying you necessarily should have beat Mike Jackson. I'm just saying like it was still it was that one sided that it's just like uh no like just. But that's the thing, man. Like CM Punk, he was in a tough spot. Like and this is why I also give him credit for all this. Like he was way too famous to just like fight and like in indie promotion on fight pass like he should have you know though I mean? batista did yes but the difference was like i don't think the ufc had had, had batista i don't the ufc in it, it's hard to explain because like when it came to brock lesnar the ufc signed him because he had the legitimate experience yeah. in college wrestling and also he took one mma fight in japan and like proved that he could he could do it and then came in Batista was kind of like a novelty thing where like I think he just wanted to prove to himself that he could, he he could do it. Um and he did, but I don't think he was ever trying to make it like a career. And then he, he went into acting. Um but CM Punk was just like he was ultra popular still when he signed with the UFC. He had like just recently done the the Cabana podcast and stuff and like they were um so it was one of those things where like the UFC was like, hey, even he can't fight, like this is gonna bring a lot of interest. And he made like five hundred thousand dollars a fight, which is way more than most of the people in the company, like way more than most of the people in the company. That's made. more than many vendors and champions get. Yeah, outside of maybe like five to ten people in the entire company, he was he was making more than all of them. Um, and so it's one of those things, but like the U it worked for the UFC, like his first pay-per-view, he absolutely brought in pay-per-view buys. I actually interviewed Bass Rutten right after the CM Punk fight, like that, like that week. And Boss was like, he was like, man, you got to respect him for doing it. Like, you know, even though it wasn't you know, competitive, but he was like, dude, he's like, the amount of money the UFC made went like it spiked once, once Punk got put on that card. Like, there absolutely was proof that pay per view buys skyrocketed after that. And like, so I, so I understand the UFC's reasonings for, for letting Punk do it. I give Punk all the credit in the world for for having the balls to do it. Like that's that's su yes, humongous balls for taking a fight in the UFC. Like or two fights even in the UFC. It's it's insanely it's very admirable. But like the skill level is the issue here. And um 
and in the in the comfortability of him telling of calling people on saying, "Hey, you have a problem with me? Come find me and do something about it." And then when someone does, if you can't back it up, that's kind of the, you know, that's kind of the thing with me. So if you take away anything from Jensen's comments right there, it's that CM Punk has massive balls. You're very massive kind balls. to CM Punk there. Massive Here's balls. Here's my final thoughts on CM Punk's MMA career and career in general. Batista is better. And as big as CM Punk's balls are, Batista's balls and dick is bigger. And CM Punk should not be on the UFC if Batista is not on the UFC. And I understand Batista just wanted to do it to prove it to himself. That's the route Punk should have taken. In no facet of life and entertainment, whether it be Hollywood with his straight-to-DVD movies, whether it be wrestling, where he did not main event WrestleMania, or where it be MMA, where he did not pick up a victory, or whether it be life in general, is CM Punk better than the great Batista? That's um, my final thoughts on the whole thing. That's fair. And also, you know, it's very... The lore, there is very much wrestling lore in the last, you know, two decades or so of how big is Batista's dick? You know, that's a question that has been on people's minds for a very long time. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to peel the curtain back a little bit here. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Black Label Pro and Mikey Blanton, who runs that company, he is the former Sinbad who used to send that question into WrestleShoot about Batista's dick. That, that, that's who it is. So um, I'll go ahead and I'll Wizard of Oz, Mikey Blanton, right here on the show today. And uh um, and I only know that because I saw him tweeting about it once and I asked him, I was like, dude, were you Sinbad? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So we, we're going to talk about Black Label here yeah. uh, in like an hour at the rate we're going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we got to get Mikey on the show. Black yeah. Label rules. So we got to get him on the show. All right. Caden says that he's on his way to Universal to meet SpongeBob. Have fun. Hey, let's, enjoy. Let's, let's get into our other AEW. Other stuff was happening on AEW as we talk about Batista's yes. dick. Uh, MJF is the champion. You might not know it if you watched Dynamite last night because the champion was not present. I thought this was a, a big miss for AEW, and I get it. It was on the set of a movie and everything, but that was a big miss to close full gear with big kind of reset. MJF is the champion. You have the big angle with Regal kind of turning on Moxley and Blackpool Combat Club, helping MJF. And then Regal just comes out last night. He's like, yeah, MJF will be back next week to explain everything. Uh, I thought the vibes were a little bit off on that. but. MJF is the champion. He is not babyface. He is a heel once again. What are your thoughts on MJF winning the title and where it's going to go? I love it. It needed to happen. Um, I love John Moxley too. Like he's, uh, you know, we're doing those fightful awards that we're, you know, doing our nominations and stuff on right now. And um, it's, I, I'm really still racking my brain. I haven't really made any like real decisions yet on who I, who I'm going to decide for each of these categories, but John Moxley is way up there for wrestler of the year for me. Like if not, if not, maybe my number one, like when I consider his indie run that ran parallel to his AEW run and stuff, um, with the GCW title, especially, but, um, my, my point is like, I love John Moxley and I'm, I'm fine with him being the world champion at, at any time. But I think that like, it was time for MJF to win this title for a lot of reasons. Um, this show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer? 
a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I love the Regal turn. I thought that was really well done. Um, I, I think that it's, it's a really good look right now for EW to have their world champion be a, a homegrown. I only put homegrown in quotes because I knew of him prior, but mo- most people know him strictly as MJF is like just through AEW and they consider him a homegrown star. And I, uh, I think that this was, a, this is a good, really good timing. Cause I, I honestly think that if, uh, if CM Punk would have never come in, which I'm not in, I want to also make this very clear when, when CM Punk won that world championship the first time for for AEW, when he beat Hangman, I was on board. I was like, that's CM Punk should be the world champion. He's got all the momentum, the, the, the popularity, like the matches and the stories have been great. Like he should be the world champion. So I had no problem with Punk winning the title from Hangman. I just want to make that very clear, but you can't fight though. True. But, but, but my, my point is like, had he never come in, I think that Hangman holds on to that title. Moxley never, you know, gets it again. Like they never do those hot potatoes. And like MJF would eventually beat Hangman for the title, which I think was probably the initial plan because they, they planted those seeds all the way back on like the first dynamite that like the two of them could be world champion feuds and stuff. So like um I I think that eventually I think that this the that night at full gear was supposed to be MJF beating CM Punk for the title. Um now all that said, we got to the right conclusion regardless. Like MJF is the champion. He's only like 26, I think, right now. Um, 
he's only going to get more and more popular and more and more famous along with this. He's already getting called out by, you know, Patty Pimblett and Conor McGregor is talking about it. And like, so it's, a uh, it's it's something where I I think it was the right time. It was the right move. MJF should be their world champion. Um, and I saw it on on last week's show, I believe as well. But I love how it opens it up now because of his because of his history in the company and like with like the pillars and like the younger up and coming roster of AEW. Like it immediately makes it to where someone like Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, were already seeing it happening. Um, for winter is coming. Um really any of these guys like Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, uh, Darby Allen, um, Sammy Guevara, like all these kind of guys, like they're all in this spot now where it's like super believable. And it makes sense that like they'd be challenging for the world title if MJF's the champion. So I think it's going to do a really good job of like elevating other people up along with MJF. I think MJF's going to beat all these guys and hold the title for a long time, but like, it's going to be cool. Cause like, it's going to like someone like Jungle Boy is going to go from like, in my opinion, from like opening the show against against Luchasaurus and you know in a badass cage match, but like by maybe six months from now, it's like Jungle Boy is like main eventing going for the world title because MJ a feud with MJF makes sense. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Um, as far as like I, I do think it's gonna elevate a lot of the the baby faces that they have. Like I'm I'm very excited for the Ricky Starks match. I may do that in a couple of months. Uh, yeah, Jungle Boy will, will be a good one as well. And I do think that that can probably headline a show. Uh, him and Darby, I know MJF has talked about like that Darby match. He he thought it was the best like pure wrestling match of the year. Same. I completely like, agree. I completely agree with that. So there's that. There's the Wardlow story you can easily do. And I feel like they got to get back to it at some point. I'll say this about it. MJF, right call to, to do it. Definitely should have won the way they did it in turning him basically going back to heel because he was leaning into the baby face stuff uh, before the match and everything. And they did the big thing with the firm. And of course, Regal helps him. And so he's definitely full blown heel now safe. That was a safe call to just make him a heel. Cause it's very easy for MJF to be a heel. There's plenty of baby faces for him to work with. I think if they went baby face with him, that would have been tougher and more, a little bit more unpredictable and just more of a challenge for, for AEW and for Tony to pull off because they don't have like a lot of these heels that you think are going to work in the, in that spot. Like Jericho's like the top heel right now and Jericho's doing his own thing. Like beyond Jericho, who are kind of the heels that it's like, oh yeah, this guy makes sense as challenger for MJF for a pay-per-view like i don't feel and i mean you, you can help me out here but like off the top of my head i can't think of anybody i maybe you elevate joe since joe just kind of kind of turned but and there's there's some history there you could you could play that off but there just isn't like this big heel that i'm thinking oh yeah this guy can work with, with mjf i think it would have been a lot more of a challenge for mjf to pull this off as a baby fan. and maybe that's why they didn't go with it because it's like well We'll just go with heel. This works. We have more challengers lined up. Uh, I didn't. I didn't fully like that they went just back to heel. Just because I thought it was a little safe. We'll see what happens. What the explanation is with Regal. But they did the whole thing with the firm, and now I don't know where this leaves the firm because Ethan Page just lost to to Ricky. I guess they're still fired. So MJF just used them to to get the chip. And now that's that. I still think the firm should have like a gripe 
with MJF. I still think MJF should have kind of an issue with them, but definitely more them having an issue with him of like, listen, asshole, like we got you this chip and then you just turned your back on us. Like, I still think they got to continue to explore that a little bit. And I hope they do. And if they don't, I think that's a miss because there's something there with that. So I thought it was just safe that they just went back to heal MJF because he's great at it. But I wanted to see what they could do with babyface MJF. That's that's fair. And I think they kind of tested the waters with it a little bit to see kind of how it would work. Um, Because eventually he will have to turn babyface at some point in his career for real. Um, But now isn't the time for that, I feel like. I feel like he is better served as as the heel, especially as the champion right now. Especially coming off of like, you know, like Hangman was a baby face, Punk was a baby face, Mox was a baby face. You know, it's just, it just it changes it up. But then MJF is the ultimate heel to me. Like he he sticks to it. Um, he, he's a lifelong wrestling fan. <clears throat> I'm a, I'm obviously very impressed by by Max. I'm he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers in in, in the world. Like on like on paper, top to bottom, if I'm like checking boxes of like everything I like out of pro wrestling, he checks like every single box. You know, I just I in the end he's he he's so young that he can. He can be this guy for the next 20 years if he stays healthy and he wants to keep doing it. I mean, it's it's just it's wild to think like how much potential he hasn't even like tapped into yet. And he's already one of the best in the world, in my opinion. Um, but no, I'm with you. Like as far as as far as the the roster goes, without without elevating anybody, I don't think that there is anyone kind of on that heel side. You could have done a double turn with Moxley, but I don't think you need to necessarily go back to Moxley and MJF, you know, right away. Um and you could always I, turn someone like Danielson, like like. I mean, Danielson know, like says he's still like a heel, like right. he still comes out of the heel. To last night, it was sort of he, he protected Regal. Yeah, who, that was strange. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. It was a good segment in that, like the performances were good, but I'll let it play out. I didn't care for just Danielson stepping in there and then Moxley just still sparing him. We'll we'll see where it goes, but. I don't know. I wasn't the biggest fan of that. I just wasn't the biggest fan of just sort of just the energy of it, of just, all right, Regal's in the ring. Doesn't really explain anything. Here comes Moxley. Danielson gets in the way, like coming off of that pay-per-view and the, the big show closing with MJF winning and everything. It just, and I get it. He was on a movie set, just felt like a miss that the champion should not was not there and yeah. i was really looking forward to how they were going to react in chicago as well because i want to see if they wanted they were going to cheer mjf because i think chicago i mean they cheered him when he returned at, at all out i wanted to see what the reaction was going to be to mjf i wanted to see him like really play off of that crowd and everything it, it was just unfortunate that that's they didn't have him for last night and it was basically hey wait a week and we'll explain some things, but even without, even with what they did last night, uh, Danielson stepping in the way, it's like, I love this man. He's a father. It's like, well, you know what? Your father fucked up and deserved to get his ass beat by John Moxley. Do you think there's any, you would know better than me probably because I haven't paid much attention, but I, I saw, I see a lot of people kind of speculating that Regal could be going back to the WWE. There's, there is rumor and innuendo that he just signed a one-year deal, which means it would be up in, in February because February, March, uh, whatever revolution was and, and he came in, that might've been like the first weekend of March, but regardless around that time, even if that's the case, that's still a few months. They're not just going to like, I, I imagine they wouldn't just, send him home in November without 
if they have him under contract for a few more months without paying something off, like Moxley's got to slap him or some shit at some point, right? Like we got to have some type of payoff of other than just Moxley be like, walk, leave, go away. And Moxley just, he's just kind of cool with losing the title like that and doesn't get any type of explanation or payback for the whole thing. I think that would be a miss if you still have him. Uh, if it is a one-year deal, I could definitely believe that he just goes back to WWE. His son is there. Yep. We know how much Triple H loves him. And honestly, like, if he goes back to WWE, Triple H is just going to hand him a key and be like, whatever you want to do. You want to go scout indie talent? You want to come to all the shows? Whatever you want to do, go for it. And Regal can get whatever type of job he wants there. So yep. if it is a one-year deal, I would imagine that Triple H is going to be making a huge offer when it's up. But they have time before that to pay this off in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you. And people forget like Regal and triple H like tag partners in WCW, like forever ago. I mean, they got a bond for like, for that goes way back. And like you said, Charlie Dempsey, Regal's son. I, I, I was saying it when he was on NXT UK, man, like that guy is, he's, he is untapped potential waiting to, to break out. Like he could be a real big star for that company. He's got a great look. He's great. Technically. He obviously comes from the wrestling family with the Regals, like, um, so I, I could I, I think it makes sense for Regal to go back if he wanted. Um, yeah, what an interesting time because I would have never thought he'd go back after like leaving and like how, how good things are going for him in AEW. It felt like, but at the same time, like there's been such a huge change in the WWE with uh, Triple H taking over and all um, on the creative side and, and developmental and what or uh, 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 all of it really. It's weird because I always say Triple H. I know Stephanie and Nick Khan are like technically in charge, but it's really Triple H. Really, like it feels like, right? They just um, signing checks, right? He's the one making like the day to day, like what we're seeing on TV type decisions, um, the storylines and whatnot, and the matches. I um, but yeah, man, that that it was interesting to think about because when Regal left, I do think that they have to pay off the Regal thing on AEW for sure. They can't just be the end of it. He just, you know, walks away and, and leaves last night. I, I don't think that's the case. He's got a fuck Excalibur. No, I saw that tweet. That was hilarious. Yes. Yes. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, the, the, the man of the mask. Um, just, I don't care how you do it. Just, we gotta, that's the biggest angle in AEW history. If Tony Khan doesn't pay this off, then take away all the Booker of the Year, retroactively take it away. This is the greatest angle they've ever had, and Regal's just going to walk? We're just going to let this sexual tension just, that's <laughs> it? What? No. No. Like, not happening. All right? All this foreplay and shit, Jensen, we got to get the climax there. You know about all the foreplay. You're you're fooling around with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too much of my personal life here away, but sure. you know you're you're fooling around and you're you're in the mood and everything, and you're you're ready to go. You don't just walk away. You, sometimes you just be like, "Let's fucking go. Let's fuck. All right. Let That's us next- fuck." The wife knows what I'm talking about. There you go. There you go. That's funny because I know she listens to the show, so I'm sure she's having a great time hearing you talking about this right now. Um, also a uh, hot take. This is completely 100% off topic. Best fast and furious move of all time. Tokyo drift. Um, so let's uh, move on to the next topic. 
Oh, Tokyo Drift is not the greatest of all time. It's the one below. The rest of them are all the greatest. I know. I saw you guys' list, and then uh, I saw you guys, like, debating it afterwards. Um, I used to hate Tokyo Drift. I thought it was terrible, but, like, I think the new ones are so bad that, like, I think it's made Tokyo Drift a lot better. But anyways. Everyone go watch uh, (laughs) this past week where SV3 and I ranked the Fast and Furious movies, and his list was awful, and mine is correct. Do Solo says, is this relevant? Excalibur and Regal fucking? Yes. It's very relevant. That's They've been building this for months. Yeah. It's very relevant. Then I equated it to other things. Yeah, we made comparisons and everything. Come yeah. on. Did you know what the show is by now? Yeah, what, what's wrong with you people? Watch the product. All right. Anything else on MJF? No, I think we covered AEW pretty well. We did about an hour on AEW. Um, so enjoy. Uh, I guess... Check out uh, day, day, day After Dynamite later today to get additional AEW thoughts. Nope. Nope. Oh, it's not day, uh, no Day After Dynamite? Uh, day After Dynamite aired at midnight last night. Uh, oh, Will already did the show. Yeah, okay. Will Washington is actually like, like hangs out with his family and stuff on Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, that's understandable. Like, yeah. I, I, I asked him if he wanted to be on the Power Rangers show tomorrow, and he was like, man, you know, if I could make it. And I was thinking, I'm like, dude, it's like 6.30 a.m. his time. He's definitely not, like, I shouldn't have even asked. Um, <laughs> but, uh... I also invited Sean on, but I know he's going to be traveling. But of course, you're you're welcome as well. Tomorrow, once again, for anyone who missed at the top of the show, um, tomorrow morning, Fightful Overbooked, myself and SP3 are going to be talking Jason David Frank and Power Rangers. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, we can move on to WWE topics. I actually don't have a lot of thoughts on the WWE topics. It's probably going to be kind of, kind of a quick quick uh, category, probably, unless you, unless you have a lot to deep dive on the WWE. But I have tons of thoughts on WWE. Oh. Are you kidding me? It's my favorite wrestling promotion mm-hmm. of all time. I want to be... A professional wrestler, or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. War Games is on Saturday, Stephen Jensen. WWE Survivor Series, they're bringing back the War Games. We kind of group these two things together. Yes. Uh, In the men's War Games, we have the Bloodline, Roman Reigns, the Uso, Solskoa, and the great Sami Zayn against Drew McIntyre. Sheamus, Rich Holland, Butch, and Kevin Owens. There was speculation and rumor and innuendo and some reports that Owens got hurt at a live event, which seemed to be true. Seemed like he banged up his knee a little bit and he might miss war games. Fortunately, he's fine. He's going to tough it out, do war games. I'm sure he'll jump off the cage and do some dumb shit because he's Kevin Owens and he's great. Uh, But Kevin Owens is the fifth man. Where do you you see this going with war games? Do you think Roman takes a pinfall here? No. No, I don't. But I do um, I do think it's interesting that Owens, you know, he returned. And I really liked Sami Zayn's reaction to that. Because I think that's going to be foreshadowing the future of this whole story. Um, I, I've said it a lot. You know, I think if, heading into WrestleMania, if they, if they have access to, if, if Logan's healthy and they can do Logan and Jake Paul versus the Usos, I'd do that at WrestleMania for the spectacle of it and the, the uh, attention it would bring in. But I'm also totally good with the idea if it, if it, we get to kevin owens and Sami Zayn versus uh the usos for wrestlemania for the titles um i think that's very possible maybe even a triple threat between those three teams that i just mentioned even maybe but like um i, I think this is planting the seeds for that eventually to happen where <clears throat> at some point the bloodline's going to turn on sammy and he's going to be the most over baby face in the entire company um and kevin owens is going to be right there to like have his back like when when they turn on him, I feel like, and then I think we're gonna get Owens and Zayn against the Bloodline, 
And um, I think that could be really good because Owens and Zane is a tag team. We haven't seen in a long time. Um, and we haven't really seen them as a tag team in their, to their full potential in the WWE really at all. So, um, uh, so that's how I feel about, about uh, Kevin Owens. I think, I think he's a good addition to the match. Um, he's one of my favorite performers in the WWE still to this day. I love Kevin Owens. Um, he's one of my favorite indie performers ever um, is Kevin Steen. And, um, and I, uh, like I said, I think that this does more than just set up war games. I think it sets up um, eventually long-term because uh, timeline wise, in my mind, I'm thinking Sami Zayn gets turned on sometime around the beginning of the year, and he, he it's Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the title at Royal Rumble is what I would do. And then something based off of that would eventually lead into, you know, Owens and Zayn as a tag team against the bloodline is how, how, I, how I would personally like kind of play it out in my own head. I think we're going to get Sheamus and Roman potentially at the Royal Rumble. I think we've seen Roman and Owens. Uh, we've seen Roman and Drew. Sheamus has had a great year. I think that's a easy story to tell and a fun story to tell with Sheamus and Roman. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember, and maybe they'll bring this up. Maybe they won't. Roman's first title win was survivor series where he won the tournament because uh, Seth Rollins got hurt. So they did the big tournament and Roman won and immediately Sheamus uh cashed in the money in the bank was that during him. the was that during the uh league of nations thing i've fucked that group i don't remember because that was um, that was the worst group like ever like yeah. that was off but I, I think that was if unless i'm mistaken because i think sheamus cashed in and that was the whole league of nations thing which which also didn't help roman because they were trying to get over roman as a face but the guys who was feuding with no one cared about so it was like a giant miss anyway sorry it wasn't until they like brought in vince and and did that whole thing um that, that people like cared about the, the Roman run. But my point being Seamus cost Roman, like his first title run, his first title run, like lasted 30 seconds because Seamus came in and, and beat him by cashing in the money. Like there's a story there between Seamus and Roman. a lot of history between those two. So I think Seamus is the guy to kind of go forward with Roman at, at Royal rumble. Uh, so I think Seamus actually gets the victory on sunday that's right i don't think he pins roman i would actually have the bloodline win honestly i i like when like a a heel faction is sort of dominant in war games and like it establishes it as their match i don't think undisputed era should have ever lost a war games match um i i I don't think like the horsemen should have ever like i like when it's just a heel faction just wins the those type of matches so i think bloodline should win but i understand if they if they have sheamus win i think we'll see a lot of owns and sammy interactions i think they'll they'll play off of that i don't know who takes the the fall probably maybe jay uso will take it because he's kind of sort of on the outs i think it'll lead to rumble uh and then we'll see more kind of interactions threads with bloodline owens sammy and then finally mania is at some point we'll get the big turn probably a little after the rumble mania it uh, canada montreal uh survivor or not survivor, elimination chamber that's probably when you do the big turn because that's mm. going to get a huge reaction sammy and Wait, Kevin, they're, in, they're in montreal for that yeah oh wow yeah i didn't realize yeah that that's literally perfect yeah so that you get a big reaction there and then mania you do owens and zane against usos for the titles so that's where i kind of see things going we'll see a little bit with kevin and sammy at survivor series we'll see even more at the rumble leading into elimination chamber big turn 
we go on to Mania. That's my little quick fantasy booking there. But I do think Sheamus comes out looking very strong at uh, Survivor Series on Saturday, and it sets up the, the title program with Roman. But I'm glad Kevin Owens is back in the mix. He was there for a while, and then he, he went away off television. And according to reports, is because like the Sammy and Bloodline stuff like really caught fire. And they're like, ah, oh, we can't really do this turn right now that we were thinking about doing because it's just going too well. This, in, in my mind, we're now stretching it all the way out the turn until February. So by that point, shit, it's probably still going to be hot. Sammy, Roman, Bloodline, they're all great. But uh, you at least get a lot more mileage out of it than if you were trying to do it a few months ago or weeks ago. Yeah, and and I agree with you about like this is the the story is working really well. So like I would stretch it out until like until you feel like you're kind of like jumping the shark with it. Like keep keep riding this out. Don't don't do the turn just for the sake of doing the turn. Like things are working really really well. And I like the idea of Sheamus too. By the way, like I I hadn't really considered him in like that mix uh, for the world title right now. But like him and Roman would have a really good match. Um, and the, I haven't been watching a lot of WWE lately, but like. When I when I do see Sheamus, like he still looks like he's like he's in there like he's hitting hard, like it looks super believable. He's been having like some good matches, like the clips that I've seen recently. So like I'd I'd be happy to see him, you know, back in a spot like that, especially if you know. Oh, and by the way, I gotta table this uh, so I don't forget to bring it up. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I I. I, I I'd be fine with with Sheamus versus uh versus Roman for the title. Um, I was gonna mention real quick. I, you say Danielson talking about how he doesn't want the spotlight, doesn't want the spotlight, doesn't want the spotlight in that interview. He said the spotlight like five times in a row, and I was like, oh, "Come on, our show, Brian I know. Danielson." I know. Come on, like you want you want this spotlight, Danielson. Um, all these spotlight MJF talking about it. All, all these guys spotlight about references. our show, man. They're all watching it, but no one wants to come on. Do the well, I shouldn't I should say that we'd be getting some awesome interviews, but like these people are talking about our show and then not not coming on the show. It's kind of weird. But um but yeah, so I yeah, I'll go. I'm gonna stick with uh I'm gonna say the bloodline wins for for what it's worth. I'm gonna go with the bloodline winning this match. Um because I do like the uh the the same thing as you as far as like the dominant heel teams, and I agree with you about the undisputed era should have never lost four games as well. Um, and one other thing I'll bring up about war games, cause I know we'll talk about the, the women's match here in a second, cause that's our other spotlight, but I really wish they changed the rules for war games a little bit. That's just me personally. I've always said that, like, I wish there was like an elimination aspect or something to where like, it always feels like they're just like killing time until yeah. everyone's in the ring, you know? And it's like, there needs to be more of an advantage. I feel like for the team that has the person advantage, cause there really isn't like, because by the time that everyone's in the ring, it's kind of all to even everyone always separates and fit and squares off and like it's like okay now the match is starting and it's like match has been going on for a half hour you know what i mean so it's like i feel like there there needs to be some tweaks to war games i feel like there needs to be some some major tweaks to the royal rumble that's a whole other topic but like that's just me personally i think war games is a badass concept i love the double ring and the cage and the whole deal and the the, the entering one after another after the time and all that i, I love everything about the whole idea of, of war games but I wish I wish there was more urgency and more elimination style or something to where there was actually more more weight and more stakes and the idea of coming in one after another and being on teams versus like we're gonna beat each other up with weapons for a half hour and then the match starts and then it's just one person like one person you know gets defeated and the whole match is over. Um, I just wish it was just tweaked a little bit personally. Yeah, change the rules up, Jensen. Get, we're gonna give you the Booker. We're gonna give you the pencil. 
Dude, if you want to hear, I mean, just real quick, Royal Rumble, same kind of thing. Like, there should be rules where I honestly think if anybody part hits the ground, you should be out. I don't care if you go over the top rope or not. You you leave that ring, you're out of the match. Or there should be a 10 count, just like any other match. You get out of the ring, the referee counts to 10. If you don't get back in, you're out. If you're coming out to the ring for the Royal Rumble, if you don't enter that ring before the next person's entrance, you're eliminated. Like, you can't just, just be out of the ring and get beat up like Keith Slater every year and not even enter the match until, you know, like, there's there's all these little things that I feel like would bat, like, they jumped the shark so bad with all, like, the the doing handstands outside the ring and all this stuff because, like, technically wow. two feet didn't hit the ground. It's, like, it's cool. It's like, I get that it's a cool idea, especially for, like, the kids, but, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like it, like, shouldn't the Royal, shouldn't the idea of the Royal Rumble really be, like, the ground's hot lava. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, like you're not, you don't that you touch the ground, you're out. I feel like that's a pretty simple concept that people can get behind. Yeah. Steven Jensen shooting on rules and wrestling. <laughs> Dude. Well, that's the thing. It just doesn't make sense. Like, like the Royal rumble is my favorite. How does it not make year. sense? It's both feet hit the floor. Well, but both feet hit the floor as long as you go over the top rope. So then, so there's yeah. people just leaving the ring all the time. Austin won a Royal Rumble once. Where, and, oh, sorry, McMahon won that Royal Rumble where he like they fought all around the <laughs> arena, and it was like they weren't even in the match. And then they won the Royal Rumble. Like Santino Morella almost won when you know he probably should have in hindsight, considering he did win that Royal Rumble that year. Remember, he like hit under the ring the whole time, popped out yeah, at the end, and like smart. All... It's Why lame. Are you punishing people for being smart. It's a lame loophole of a rule. In a more match that should, should be a lot more this. fun. More people should do this. I'd hide under the ring the entire damn time. Wouldn't come out. Big E yeah. had the best. Big E had the had the had the uh best thing of why no one he said he was just gonna like come out just like trunks, oil himself up, go full, <laughs> full oil, just lay there, middle of the ring, dead weight. Oh so you can't God. like pick him up or anything, get him over the oh top rope, just God. couldn't do it. That's this so is how you win the Royal Rumble. That's he, the way to do it. He went with the you. You ever see the Always Sunny episode where they where they try yeah, to like grease up Frank? Well, yeah, the grease watermelon in the yeah. in the public pool and all that. That's exactly what that. That's so funny. Big E wants to grease himself up so that so this so can't, can't get a hold of him off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> The best. Oh, that's legitimately poppy. I hadn't heard him say that. That's so funny. That's hilarious, Biggie. If you ever hear that, that, that is that is such a funny idea. Like in in and people might not know in the, in amateur wrestling in MMA, um, there's actually something called greasing, which is it's illegal and they test for it. But like um back in the day, especially before they tested for it, people used to like take baths in like oils and grease and stuff the night before they'd wrestle. So that like when they would get out there on the mats and they started sweating, they would they would uh, sweat grease and oil instead of instead of sweat. So it'd be hard for people to grab onto them. And um, that's that's how dude. That's so funny that Big E has that idea. Not even to wrestle grease. He's like, I want to grease and then just lay in the middle of the ring and no one will be able to pick me up. Yeah, that's such a funny idea. That's the way to do Man, it. Good stuff. See, this is what people got to think of. Yeah, you're over here. They under your rules, they just slide them out under the ring, just like all right, push them under the ring. That's so fun. Where's the fun in that? Well, I mean, it would it would detract people from just laying in the middle of the ring. Um, I think my rules make sense. Listen, even if you want to keep it over the top rope, 
I just feel like anything touches, like you're out. Like there's way too many of these like one foot touched or like one limb or like someone like lands on their ass. It's one person. You're you're shooting on Kofi Kingston. Right no, I'm now. not. No, I'm not. I'm shooting on uh, Katie Catranzaro for doing handstands outside of the ring. I'm shooting. There's been more than I'm shooting on The Rock when he won the Royal Rumble. When like one of his feet definitely hit the ground and probably both, but he Naomi still has the spots. Kofi no, is yeah. most famous for yeah no, the and that, but but his saves. thing. John Morrison did it too, like but those were different from this perspective. Sometimes those guys were like jumping like onto like the like the barrier, like the you know they were like jumping onto a chair or something. I'm talking people literally having two limbs. It's like in football. Like you need to have two limbs in. It doesn't necessarily have to be two feet, but like if a foot touches and like your butt touches, like you're in bounds or you're out of bounds, right? Like with this, it's the same kind of thing. Like if you land on both of your hands, that should count as two feet. Like you're just walking around with your hands instead of your feet. Like you're out. Your hands are not your feet, Stephen Jensen. It should count. It should count. Do you know the anyway. difference? Kane saying I hate fun. This is this isn't um Kofi jumped on pancakes. See, that's not that's lame. Like it's funny, but like it's. Why do you hate pancakes? What if it was waffles? You ever seen that the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie? Waffle it's been Bot? a while. It's been. There's a, a thing called Waffle Bot that it, it hates pancakes. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I love waffles and pancakes. Um, I would repeat the line, but I can't say it nowadays because it's like times have changed. You can't really say the some of those words anymore. But like the the the, the waffle bot was pretty funny. He his his despise he despised uh, pancakes because he makes only waffles. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I'm, I'm about pancakes and I love the new day. I love Kofi. I think he's, I think he's incredible. I think he's super innovative and what he did for the Royal Rumble. I think people always, they'll always remember that kind of stuff. Um, but isn't it I weird hate to you that world. like you could, you can, you can stay in, but like you just like, you're, you're on your feet on the ground, but you're standing on pancakes and you're still somehow in the Royal Rumble. I do hate the rule of like, after you've been eliminated, you can just come back in and like eliminate people. That's very stupid. I agree. That's very dumb. I hate There's that referees rule. all around the ring. Like everyone's yeah. seeing it. Um, it, no, I, I agree. It's one thing. It's one thing if like the ref missed it, like the Austin rumble win where like the refs didn't see him go over. So like he got back in, I think it was like the Bray, like didn't Brock like toss a bunch of people out and then Bray and all of them just got back in the ring and just like tossed Brock. I think out so. That yeah. We've had, we've seen that a lot in the WWE. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. That's a dumb yeah. rule. That's a yeah. very different. So, role. anyways, tweak some of the rules of it. Be and if not, I mean, I'm still going to keep watching. But like, you know, I just think that there's ways to make it a little bit better. And I think Sean would agree. I, I I've never heard his full breakdown of what he'd do for the Royal Rumble to change it, but I have seen him tweet like that he would change Royal Rumble rules. I'd imagine they're probably pretty similar He's to what I'm hater. saying. He's a hater, though. What does Sean Ross Sapp know? Sure. <laughs> My WWE spotlight is the women's war games match. Yeah. We have a mystery woman that will be revealed tomorrow night on WWE SmackDown. Uh, right now it is Bianca, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Michin. Right? Michin. Yeah, I got that right. Mia Yim. Mia Didn't they Yim. change her name back to Mia Yamara? I don't know. It's yeah. something Anyways. new every day against Damage Control, uh, Bailey, EO, Sky, Dakota Kai, Nikki Cross. And Rhea Ripley. So the fifth woman, Jensen. A lot of speculation that it could be Sasha Banks because they are in Boston. I do not buy this at all. I'm 
pretty adamant that it's Becky Lynch. I've been kind of adamant that it's Becky Lynch. There's now more reports that, hey, Becky was backstage at Monday's Raw. Um, people are saying Candice LeRae. I think Candice would have made sense. I think she's hurt. Uh, I'm not 100% on that, but she's been off TV for a while. And it looked like they were setting up to where it was going to be Candice LeRae. And now if it's Candice LeRae, feels like a little bit of a letdown. Maybe you should probably should have done that on like Monday. Uh, the fact that they're waiting until SmackDown to do it, they're going to be in Boston, I think, for SmackDown. So you got to have someone big. Becky or Sasha are the two that, that fit the bill here, and I think it's going to be Becky. Yeah, I'm going to go with Becky as well. Um, I think it's – so they are for, they're going to announce it on SmackDown. Who's that, that's be? what Bianca said because everyone just kind of thought it was going to happen on Monday, and Bianca's like, we're going to reveal it on Friday. So it seems like it will be announced on SmackDown. Because the only other thing I was thinking is like, so if it's going to be announced on SmackDown, I think it's going to be Becky. I think if it's, <laughs> if they wait until the pay-per-view to announce it, I think it's possible that, um, cause you know, Mia is doing the, the OC versus judgment day match also on that card. No, nah, there's so, no match between them. It's just AJ and Finn. That's oh, just AJ versus Finn. I thought it was like a, it was like a team versus team thing. I was just thinking. No, cause, cause Rhea, cause Rhea's in, yeah, Rhea's in war games as well. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was gonna say maybe there was a way they could take like Mia out of the match, and like maybe it's Sasha and Naomi is like the big, you know, it's both of them or something. But like, I don't think Sasha's coming back. Like, I don't know. I don't know why she would be like co- like copywriting or trademarking like other names right now if she was gonna be Sasha Banks going forward in the WWE and stuff. That's just me personally. So I'm kind of got my eye on that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't see Sasha coming back. At least not right now. Um. So that kind of just process of elimination. I would um I would go Becky as well. We both think it's Becky. Hopefully it's I I I'm I'm torn on Sasha Banks as far as like coming back and stuff. She said she had something big for November. Uh we're almost at the end of November. We haven't had any announcements. I assume she's just gonna announce her crystal line at, at some point. They're her healing crystals. I assume that's what it's going to be. Does she sell uh, like how does like she sells like Napoleon Dynamite like put the crystals in the time machine type stuff pretty sure she she likes that stuff she's into that stuff so it feels hey, like there might be something to it if, if it if it makes your life better i'm all for it like i'm not gonna sit here and judge just because i might think something is silly like she's like in with crystals. like a she's in with like a cbd or like a marijuana company yeah well. i believe in that like, i think that works <laughs> so <laughs> uh so i i feel like it's it's gonna go some maybe it's something with, with the fashion route. i think that's why she's like trademarking stuff i think she comes back to wrestling at some point i still think it probably is wwe at some point it makes sense if it's survivor series it's boston and everything uh i feel like they're kind of getting people's hopes up that it's going to be her since they delayed it to friday but becky's my choice I, i'll be excited to see becky back because becky's great and she's gonna be a baby face again and I think damage control should win the match though, because based just go back to my theory of I think heels should just always win war games. My booking's very predictable; just heels win war games. But yeah. uh, you know, it's not full. This isn't like the full damage control team. It is, but they only have three people. So if like Nikki Cross takes a pen, sure, whatever. True, that, that makes sense. Yeah, to, to my prediction. Point. I'm gonna go with damage control uh, strictly because Io Shirai or Io Sky rather now is uh, is my favorite like in the match. So like I'm just gonna go with Io's team. Um, but I like get her. Can we get her theme back? Oh, I know it was so badass. Her 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 elite figure. I still haven't bought. I'm, I'm probably gonna actually buy it today. I, they got like some sales going on ringside, but like it's one of the best WWE elite figures I think they've ever made. It has like her like with like her black uh 
uh jacket with like the hood with like the fur and stuff like it looks it's an incredible action figure um but uh i i'm just going with that team because I'm, I'm i'm i like yo the best of of everyone in the match but um i really 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 like bianca too though it's pretty close like i i think bianca is like totally like what WWE has gotten out of Bianca Belair, I feel like they could not have they could not have dreamt of anything even close to as good as as has it's gone. I feel like, and that's not like nothing against Bianca. It's just like someone who's who's newer that like came through NXT. That you know, it's like you never know when they hit that main roster how it's going to go. And I think she has just absolutely knocked it out of the park at every turn. So like, I got to give massive credit to Bianca um, for what she's doing. Um, so I, and, and all the women in this match, like every woman in this match, I think is very, very talented. And I think it's going to be a really good war games match. But like I said, just personally speaking, Io is my favorite. Um, so I'm going with her team, but like, man, Bianca is just like, I, I feel like it just really is. Yeah. She really like, cause what they've done with Bianca, <coughs> they, they like, and this is not an easy thing to do. Like, I feel like Bianca's on the same level as, like, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky. Like, as far as my perception of her on the show, I feel like she, she can beat all those women. She has beat a lot of those women. And, like, I think, like, WrestleMania main event, like, you can main event WrestleMania, like, Bianca versus Charlotte and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, I feel like, like, they they have they have another massive female star with Bianca Belair. And if she stays healthy, she could be that for, for decades with them. She could, uh, so... Um, and I feel the same way about a lot of the women in this match, by the way. A lot of them could be elevated to that kind of level. Um, and some have been there. Like, Alexa's had really big pushes. Asuka's been at the top um, and stuff like that. But Bailey, of course, um, who I think Bailey's doing the best work of her career right now with damage control. I really like I really like her with this group. Um, but, man, two thumbs up for for not only the booking of Bianca, but, like, for Bianca herself. Because it takes, it takes her as a performer – to take that push and, and do something with it. And I think she has just exceeded, exceeded any expectation. I think anyone could have possibly had for her. Bianca Charlotte. That's the uh, Ric Flair dream match. I love it. That's Austin rock. It it could be as big as Austin rock. If built right. People are going to be mad about that. People were mad about that, but look, man, I actually do give a good build to Bianca and Charlotte. That's a huge match. I agree. I completely agree. Completely. Let's let's move on, Jensen. Everybody watch War Games on the cock on Saturday. <laughs> nothing better to do. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. <sighs> let's do it. I know. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. We we missed last week, so we got we got something to talk about. <laughs> you so how do I set this up? <laughs> Tyrus won the the the, the title. The title. No, 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 no. Jeremy. Tyrus is the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. The National Wrestling Alliance. One of the most prestigious companies in the history of professional wrestling. Tyrus is their world champion. I wanted to make sure to key that up for you a little bit better. You can't just say he just won the title. I mean, he is the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. He won this title. I banned NWA from the spotlight after this. But... Being a a fair man, you picked it as your spotlight, yeah. and this is this show is a collaboration. This is this is not my show. This is not your show. Whatever the other person picks as the spotlight, that's what they want to talk about. And so, I was not going to be like, nope, I banned it. We're not talking about this. <laughs> I banned it from my end. Okay, true. You have picked this as as your spotlight. So, 
So yeah, it's, 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 it needs to be said. Um, so Tyrus is the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Um, he won the title at Hard Times 3. It was a triple threat match. It was himself, Matt Cardona, and the former champion, Trevor Murdoch. Of course, Matt Cardona being the former champion before um, before Murdoch. And um, basically what this match was, was Murdoch and Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill going to fighting each other on the outside of the ring and Tyrus just like just being there and at one point you know Tyrus did his thing you know where he like jumped off the second rope and you know did a barrel roll and that kind of stuff um and I, I thought that was pretty hilarious because you know Twitter exploded like this is the this is the NWA style that that the women aren't able to do when it shows like Tyrus like like falling over like you know it's just like okay um I'll say this. Um, he he didn't win via heart punch, which I was expecting. Um, he did not use the heart punch to win the match. Um, I'm trying to remember what he used now, though, because I know it wasn't the heart punch, and now I can't remember what movie did. Um, it was like a choke. Oh no, it was it was like a tongue and death grip choke slam or something like that. He like put someone in like a really bad looking tongue and death grip. Um, it was Murdoch. Um, I'm almost positive. I think it had to because I don't think he pinned Cardona. Anyway, yeah, I watched this match two weeks ago. We a lot of time has already passed. A lot of things have happened since this match. So my, my memory is a little bit fuzzy on it. But I'm pretty sure it was like a tongue and death grip choke slam that he did for the finish. Um, and after all this time of like Tyrus being the TV champion and you know him like turning like teasing whether or not he's gonna turn the title in and get another title shot, and like the 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 tension between him and Black G's as his manager and like their 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 differences on on you know whether or not he should he should try to be a double champion and all this stuff. At the end of the day, they they actually did it. They put their world title on Tyrus. Um, I feel like the w, the NWA product um, is going to be at a, it was already at a very low viewership, but it's going to be at an, at an all time low. Um, after and it does it's not even just the Tyrus thing. If you watch, I've talked about it on the weekend or check it out on Fightful Select. This past episode of Anyway Power, I rarely ever do this because I'm generally on the weekend or I'm like really overly positive when it comes to most stuff, or at least I'll like highlight the positive stuff and just kind of sh- sh- kind of turn my head to the negative. And <clears throat> I straight up said, "Don't watch Power this week. Like it's a bad show. Like it's a it's a bad hour of wrestling. Like it like the the matches weren't good. The storyline progressions aren't good. Where they're heading with things isn't good." They have some good talent that's that they have access to in the company, but like that doesn't matter when like the show is is as bad as it is. Like I just need to make my point here. I need to find the uh, the NWA power results from uh from this past week because I I need to um man I know I know they're up on Fightful. I just gotta find them. Um, but like the show was like it was like two matches two or three matches i gotta i got this pulled up i apologize for the for the weight y'all i gotta there's been so many results that you guys put up that i gotta i gotta get to it here somehow my point is it was a really really bad show and and tyrus is their champion it's like they <laughs> the timing right we're like 
he wins the belt and so much of the motivation for him having that title is clearly that he that he's putting that belt on fox programming and within like days trump has announced he's going to run for president and there's tyrus on fox with this title belt and this is like this is exactly what they wanted for them as as their champion you know what i mean like this like this is what this was the whole point was like you got the title on somebody who you think you're getting this this exposure you, you which you are you are definitely getting exposure on fox from tyrus but i think the problem with doing that is there's a lot of people who don't like that and there's 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 a chunk of your fan base that you might be losing there's there's not a lot of fans there to begin with and now you're gonna alienate even more fans because they don't like trump or they don't like fox or they don't like you know the tyrus and his book and his views and stuff like there so it's like one of those things that's like i just feel like it's a gigantic just lose 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 scenario for everybody by doing this and i'm not even gonna sit here and like hate on tyrus as a human being i because i don't i don't like to give any of my own political views because i think people like to listen to me because of my my wrestling like i don't want like my personal opinions and stuff i don't think really matter but it's like when you make a move like this, when you're Billy Corgan, you're you're really drawing the line there. I feel like with your fan base and being like, "Yeah, I know, I know the feedback." Like, but you know, we're not listening to Twitter because the people watching our show aren't on Twitter because they're too old to use Twitter, or like maybe just they look and they're like, "Hey, no one's watching anyway, so we're just gonna do whatever we want to do." And like, however, however we can get buzz, we'll take it. And that just kind of feels like how what they're doing, like. They know Ty- they have to know Tyrus isn't good in the ring, and it's getting them like X Pac type, which wasn't fair, by the way, to Sean Walton. And I don't like that term. I shouldn't have even used it, but the go away heat for X for uh for uh for Tyrus. I feel like in their mind, they're like, we're getting people talking about this, and any publicity is good publicity, but in in reality, it's just making the product even worse and even less people are gonna watch it very, very, very quickly. Because I know you don't even really, really want to talk about this. That anyway, this was anyway's power show this past week. It was a segment with Tyrus coming out talking about how he needs to find challengers for the title. It was Jordan Clearwater getting his first title defense for the TV title because you know you need to get seven to get a world title shot. His first title defense was him winning by time. What was a time limit draw? But he like had the match won, like he was pinning Mims, like it was one, two, time ran out. And it was like, why would you even do this? Like, because it still counted as a successful title defense, even though it was a time limit draw. So you've immediately pigeonholed your new TV champion as a guy who has to win matches by by time limit draws. Um, Odinson beat Odinson beat Ryan Davidson in just like a basic kind of squash match with a pounce. Um, they set up the Country Gentlemen versus the Fixers on NWA USA TV, which no one's going to watch. And the main event of the show was Kratos versus Aaron Stevens, which ended almost immediately by DQ when all when the multiple question marks came out and attacked Kratos. Like, that was the whole show. That was the entire show. It was, like, multiple run-ins, disqualifications, time limit draws, and, like, one quick match with Odinson and Davidson. That's it. That's an entire hour of programming coming off of your new world champion winning your title. Like, it just bets is a bad product. It just, it just is what it is. I don't want to talk about NWA. No, that's why I went as long as I did because I know you didn't want to. So I figured I'd just speak for the both of us there. Um, and, and here's the thing: I cover the show every week for the weekender. So like, I'm not one of these people that just like armchair quarterbacking, like don't watch the product, don't pay attention. I just jump on the bandwagon, like fuck Tyrus, fuck Billy Corgan, fuck NWA, fuck all that. I'm not like that. I cover the show, so I actually do know what I'm talking about when it comes to this, and I want the product to be better. 
but I like this was a all this was a giant step in the wrong direction. Here's the one thing I'll say about this company. I don't think Billy Corgan knows what he's doing. I don't think he cares. There was a report that he was not even present for the hard time show and the TV tapings because of smashing pumpkins commitments. He put that over one of like three pay-per-views that they run a year where they were crowning this new champion and decided, nope, I have a smashing pumpkins yet, which is fine. That's where he gets most of his money. That's great. I don't think he cares. I think he is just doing shit. And I think he is just doing whatever he wants that he thinks is going to generate some type of buzz, good or bad. And this is what he's going to do. Fine. I'm not giving it any attention. I'm not giving it any time of day or thought because if the owner of the company does not care to show up to one of his three pay-per-views a year, I do not care to talk about one of his three pay-per-views a year. So best of luck to Billy Pumpkins and Tyrus <laughs> and the the whole the whole thing they have going on there with whatever they are trying to do. I will not watch. I will not talk about it on this show. There you go. So, well, that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that when it needs to be talked about. But like, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, I want to this. Just full disclosure. The first concert I ever went to without my parents ever as a, as a teenager, it, I saw Billy Corgan live. It's wild, man. It's wild how much time changes. Like, I, I, and he wasn't even with Smashing Pumpkins at the time. He was with a band called Zwan, which was like his like side project when the Pumpkins were, were, weren't touring. So like, I remember seeing Billy Corgan like in concert and like thinking I was such, I was such a fan, you know, and I was, I was so excited when he got involved in wrestling and with like impact. And then that whole thing, like there was a huge blow up with that. And then like, I was really excited when he took over the NWA because I thought he'd do something different. He'd been on like the Joe Rogan podcast and talked about wrestling and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is going to be something different. I think it's going to really work. And like, I, it just hasn't like, it's just, and it's getting worse and worse. Um, and it's a brand. It's the NWA. Like this is a prestigious brand, man. Or at least it used to be. And like, this is, it's real weird with where it's gotten to uh, nowadays, in my opinion. So we, we can move past it now. And, and like Jeremy said, um, there are going to be weeks. I'm sure that he's not going to talk about certain stuff and, and same with me. And, you know, sometimes it just needs to be talked about though. Like we, 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 we talked about Tyrus leading up to this quite a bit and I couldn't just ignore him winning the title. I had to talk about it on the show. So let me know when Freddie and Phil present pro wrestling starts up. That is what I will back. Not this Billy pumpkins venture. All right. Okay. What's the next, what's the next topic? Impact Wrestling. This isn't much better. <laughs> well, I, I genuinely want your thoughts on this angle because at least it's something. Uh, Josh Alexander successfully defended the Impact World title at um, Overdrive against Frankie Kazarian. And then after the match, Bully Ray came out and he said, I'm going to look you in your eye. I'm going to cash in my Call Your Shot gauntlet at Hard to Kill. That's when we're going to face. I'm not going to cash it now. Hard to kill. One-on-one. Let's fucking go. Then he attacked Josh Alexander, and he beat him up with a chair, and he threatened to beat up and pile-drive his wife and beat her up with a chair, unless Alexander just handed him the title. Alexander's just kind of like, here you go. 
And that's how we got Billy, Billy Corn, fuck, uh, Bully Ray against Josh Alexander for Hard to Kill. We did talk about uh, Bully Ray winning it and him being the next in line for the title. Not a fan of that. But I wanted your thoughts on this angle and like, did this work for you, Steven Jensen? Well, I mean, we all knew it was ha- it was coming, right? So like, I was already like braced myself and prepared that like we're heading towards Billy Ray versus Josh Alexander at Hard to Kill. I thought that was inevitable regardless of, of how they set it up. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, I honestly, it was very predictable. Like I knew that bully wasn't going to just like be this upstanding guy. And like, they weren't going to do like a baby face versus baby face title match with all this and stuff. Like I, it's just so, but, but here's the thing, bully kept his word. Then that is an interesting uh, tidbit here is that he told him straight up, like to his face, he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like backstab you. Like when I challenge you for this title, which he didn't like, he, he, he challenged him like a man, like face to face. Like I'm, I'm telling you exactly when this title shot's going to happen and like shook his hand and everything. Right. And it's like, okay. And then he turned on him. But so it's like, technically he, technically he kept his word, um, which is what a good heel does. In my opinion, I think there's, I think good heels like MJF's a good, another good example. Like he'll, he'll, t- he'll, he'll, tell the truth and be the right, the, a good person up to a certain point. And then be, when, right when you're finally like your guards down and you start to trust him a little bit, then that's when he's going to really stab you in the back. Um, that said, you know, I plan on being it hard to kill because it's here in Atlanta. Um, I, I mean, fuck man on a roster of, of Trey Miguel's and speedball, Mike Bailey's and, and, and Ace Austin's and Chris Bay's like, I really wish I was getting one of those guys for Josh Alexander for the world title. I'm um, even Kazarian because it was a really good match, you know, even though I thought it was, you know, Kaz was kind of random. Like, I mean, at least I would have been guaranteed a great match at Hard to Kill. I, I'd imagine that Alexander and Bully Ray will have some sort of like hardcore, you know, element to it, um, which might make it, which I, sh- I shouldn't say might, which will make it better than them just having a straight up wrestling match. But um, I don't know what I'm going to do at Hard to Kill either yet, man. I got to decide, like, Cause I'm sure I could go, but I don't want to like work that much. Cause I want to just like enjoy the show. So like, maybe I'll get a couple interviews or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out, but I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not excited for the match. You know, I, I, and dude, if bully, bully Ray shouldn't win and I don't expect him to win, but if he did, that's like, it's not to the same degree as what we were just talking about with Tyrus, but it's pretty damn close. Like when you think about it, as far as like just, bad faith towards your fan base oh, i don't even like bully ray but i ain't putting him in that category but do you but but from the perspective of like take all the personal stuff aside like that has to do with tyrus like just straight up like on the show wrestling show like bully ray well past his prime no one really wants to see this it's... title match like if he if they put the world title on him especially if he beat alexander after the run alexander's on like i feel like it's it's, it's basically doing the same thing that nwa is doing as far as like turning off their fan base it's not good and like i agree with that i just refuse to put anything and this is not even personal opinion or views and stuff this is just bully ray can at least work a hold and no, for has sure. and can generate some like heat it might be good heat bad heat whatever but like Tyrus is mind- right sure yeah, yeah. but like, i'm not putting him on that level at nobody is on that level um as far as this angle goes i actually didn't mind it like bully ray's an asshole and 
that's exactly what he was here. I like that he did not just come in, cash in, beat Alexander. Good. Like like you said, he looked him in his eyes, said, here's where I'm going to fight you at. All right, now I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Put some heat on it by, because I got no real interest in, in Alexander and Bully Ray. I don't, The match will probably be fine because Josh Alexander is really good. Um, yeah. But they had to do something to make you care a little bit about Bully Ray. Because so far what they've been doing a lot with, with Alexander is just like, hey, let's just face like a, a TNA Impact Legend type of guy and we'll give you a great match. And the story hasn't like always, always been there with it. And with this, like now they're trying to give you a little bit more meat on the bone with the story of Bully Ray just being a dick and then avenging his fan. Or now Josh Alexander, like trying to get revenge for it. a little bit what they did with Moose and everything. Yeah. So they're kind of rehashing that. But Bully Ray's good in this role. Uh, I think this angle works better if the crowd, like you got the kid just screaming shit of like she deserves it and everything. Like, that's probably <laughs> not going like the crowd is just like silent, but it didn't feel like one of those silence of like, Oh man, why is this guy doing this? Like, this is a despicable, deplorable act. It just felt like this silence of like, eh, we're getting bully Ray in this right. spot. Like that's what we're doing. Oh, that's probably not what you're going for, but I didn't mind this angle. I thought, I thought it was good. And is it making me more excited for this match? Not a lot of things don't make me like more excited for, for things in wrestling, but I'm, I, I will say I'm more interested than I was. I'm still not super interested in it because at the end of the day is it's bully Ray competing for the title. Uh, but I'm more interested if my level of care was at a zero, it is now maybe at like a 0.9. So Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, uh, Masha, Masha Slamovich, Jordan Grace was a great match. Oh, that'll always be a great match. Those two, two Masha's of the best in the world. Won. Masha should have won. I, I agree. Last I agree. month or whatever it was. Well, but. I'm see, I'm fine with Jordan though because I think Jordan's exceptionally, in, in, she is exceptionally she talented. Is. Like her and Masha, they're they're. I put Masha and Jordan right up there with like Charlotte and like Bianca and stuff. Like I think that they're like they're deserve to be in that kind of conversation of like the best in the world, um, regardless of gender. By the way, I'd put Masha up there against all the top male talents as well. You know what I mean? Like I, I think very highly of them. Um, I think that uh, <clears throat> here's the thing, and I think we both agree on this, and I think the, the fan base would agree as well for the Impact fan base. <clears throat> if this was going down on like an Impact Plus or like a or an Impact like on on a Thursday, no issue at all. But yeah. it's when it's when you got the four pay per views a year and all eyes are on you and you got to knock it out of the park, which they do, they knock it out of the park. They're four pay per views a year to be to be kicking off 2023 main event pay per view for for your for your world title that's where it's like that's why why would you have bullying in that spot like like that's if you want to do this on on impact you want to do this on impact plus no issue at all but like this is where pay-per-view josh alexander because he's on such a fucking run right now like him versus speedball you know what i mean like do that like that's like that's the kind of buzz you want to get for your company like but i but here's the thing I think that Josh Alexander and, and, and Bully Ray, they will exceed my expectations. It's the same thing I say every month, <clears throat> sorry, every few months. I say that I have the same conversation about Sammy Callahan. Every every time. It's like in the same conversation. Oh, he's about, next. About, he's um, next. Well, I said the same conversation about Sammy Callahan. I have the same conversation about Eddie Edwards every single month. I'm like, not really that looking that forward to what they're doing on the pay-per-view, but by the time the pay-per-view is over, I'm like, they killed it again. But you know what I mean? Like another good match. So like I... I expect that out of bowling and Josh, I think it's going to be better than what we're expecting. 
But once again, with the roster they have, like being a main event of your pay-per-view, only four pay-per-views a year, that's that's when I think you got to really be pulling the trigger on, on someone like Speedball or Ace Austin or something like that instead of Bully Ray. I'm with you. And maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day they will pull the trigger on Speedball, Ace Austin. Hey, I talked to Ace Austin at Battle Slam very briefly when he was there uh, last month, and I said, "Hey, man, I hope you win the Impact World Title one day." And he said, "I think it's going to happen." So I don't. He doesn't. They, there were no spoilers, no guarantees, but he's like, "I think it's going to happen." I wish yeah, he would have just happen. been like, "I wish he's been like, you know what? Fucking Scott Demore ain't never putting that title <laughs> on me. I'm sick of these. Somebody else is going to come back, and they he's going to get pushed over me. That would have been a better answer than I think it's going to yeah. happen." So he's like, I think it's going to happen. I was like, man, I hope it does. Like you deserved it for like over two years now. So like, I. anyways, um, but yeah, so that's how I feel about the bully race stuff. I'm not that, I'm not that hyped about it. I think there's a lot better options, but, um, it is what we're at. We're at with it and, and I'll be there live and I'm sure it'll be even better for me because I'll be there live seeing it. So like, I'll have the live experience too. And if the crowd's hot for it, especially like, you know, I, I want it to be good. I want I want Impact to succeed. I want the NWA to succeed. I want all these companies to succeed. Like, it's just sometimes you make baffling booking decisions where it just feels like you do stuff despite your fan base. And um, when wrestling is at its best, in my opinion, is when you're when you're mainly catering to the fan base and giving the fans what they want and like getting that feedback and like and presenting that product that we're that we're looking for. When I think wrestling really kind of fucked itself is when you get too cute with it and you listen to the fan base and you go, Oh, I see what they want. We're getting the exact opposite of that. And then it's like, then you get, then you get confused as to when the fans reject it, you know? So I want wrestlers to succeed. Uh, one of those companies you mentioned. I'm going to give a big mother fucking shout out. Indie spotlight, Steven Jensen, the king of the Indies. The king of the Indies watching the king of the Indies is Dragon Lee. Yeah, he won, he won the tournament. It was a, a joint effort between uh West Coast Pro and Revolution Pro. And Dragon Lee ended up winning the tournament. He defeated Titus Alexander, our guy Titus yep. Alexander, in the first round. Very disappointing. Titus Alexander should have won this whole thing. But they're setting uh, up, they're setting up scenes for later on. They are. Uh, and he defeated Jurlistico and Espikinto in the in the finals in a triple threat match. And I, I thought the the match was very good. Uh, There's a couple couple of rough moments in the in the triple threat match, but it was right in my wheelhouse. Twelve to eighteen minutes, love that kind of stuff. Dragon Lee, interesting choice in that you don't think of him as like this indie breakout kind of guy. He's been in New Japan. He's on AEW, he, he was part of one of the greatest angles of all time on AEW when Kenny Omega returned, and then Andrade and Roosh just decided to shoot their own angle at the end of the match and unmask Dragon Lee. That fucking rolled. Um, but you don't think of him as like an Indies guy, and here he is winning King of the Indies. What do you think of uh, his performance and him being the king of all independent wrestling? I, I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for, you know, PWR and especially West Coast Pro. Um, I think they put on fantastic products. I honestly think West Coast Pro. Sorry, I keep coughing. Try to mute myself here. West Coast Pro is great. They, yes. they're, they're, if, you're, if you're not following them, uh, I know sometimes maybe we'll have East Coast bias and stuff, but yeah, if you're not following what West Coast Pro is doing, they're doing a lot of really good stuff. 
Yeah, I definitely have. I definitely have, you know, the Southern and, and East Coast and specifically Southeast bias for sure when it comes to a lot of my my indie takes and the stuff that I cover for sure. But like, I, I, I do my best to, to, to really pay attention to West Coast Pro, Defy, you know, stuff out there on on, on the West as well. Because like, I, I, I think you could put West Coast Pro's product up there against any other independent company. I think that they, they're, they're just as good, if not better. Like they're, they're one of, if not the best indies going right now, in my opinion. Um, and there's other good ones too, of course, like Texas and stuff and like, you know, the middle of the country, they're all over. It's indie wrestling is really thriving. Um, but my point is like, I really respect what West coast pro is doing and for them to have dragon Lee win that title or sorry, win the tournament, I think means a lot for dragon Lee because it, it plants the seeds. Like you beat Josh Alexander, sorry, Titus Alexander, then like it makes me think like next big show probably is going to be you know Dragon Lee and Titus you know like so like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to it and like Dragon Lee is is so phenomenally talented like I mean so if you have access to that guy like he's gonna win when he's on if he's on the Indies gonna win most of his matches I feel like um and he and he should so like I I have no problem of course with him winning this whole thing. Tyus Alexander is the man. We talked. We talked about that before. Check out our, our interview with him. We'll have him on the show again at some point. I am sure of it. Um, he's still getting started. He was like 22 when we interviewed him earlier this year. I mean, just insane, insanely talented. So yeah, shout out Dragon Lee. Shout out West Coast Pro PWR for uh, for putting on the King of the Indies and uh, and uh, yeah, I'd imagine this will lead to more Dragon Lee doing stuff with West Coast Pro. So I'm down. They did uh, they had a lot of good talent in this as well like if you haven't checked out a uh a west coast pro show or anything like that one go to iwtv uh independent wrestling tv use code fight talk uh but yeah as we can tell that's someone like i'm not super familiar with i know he i think he's done shots in mlw or is coming to to mlw uh dragon lee seen seen plenty of times drillisco i've watched a, a couple times on the uh the um the, the lucha shows uh but like jacob fatu was part of this titus alexander again we, we've talked about him uh but like nakajima w- was on this show against uh jared kratos marfuji yeah. was on this show starboard charlie uh who's, who's got a very bright future he was on the show as well kevin blackwood like it's really really uh talented talented card top to bottom and then so yeah go go check out the the west coast pro show and like like we've talked about west coast pro they're doing, doing a lot of cool stuff out there so if you if you have time check out all the work that they're doing they're on iwtv monthly <coughs> every every other uh week something like that but they're always running shows and fatu's been a big staple jacob fatu's mm-hmm. been a big staple for them and you know titus we talked about when alexander defeated him um so yeah titus alexander he's one of he i mean he is their top guy right now so go check it out yeah. go go support what they're what they're doing but they brought in a lot of uh good talent that either are, aren't regulars or that you've kind of maybe seen elsewhere, or maybe you haven't seen that maybe you can get familiar with and you can see them on, on other lines of work, but getting Mara Fuji, uh, having him on the show was, was pretty sweet to, was sweet to see. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to know more about SB Kento, check out Dragon Gate. <clears throat> and he also, he wrestled, um, Alec Price recently on a GCW show, uh, like last month. So, um, and uh, yeah, Jacob Fatu, uh, he he put that company on his back for for a while there. You know, just like just like MLW, like Jacob Fatu is just the guy you can rely on to be your world champion. Um, and uh, him putting over Titus, I thought was was done really, really, really well uh, when Titus won the title from him. So yeah, a ton of great talent on the show. I saw that um, um, 
Marufuji and Kento are going to be reuniting as a tag team again soon. Yeah, too, which is pretty wild. What a what a crazy like 2022 and like upcoming 2023 we got going on. That's on the that's on the same card as uh the Muda and Nakamura match Noah on January 1st. That's a big show. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna be a really good show. But yeah, Marufuji and uh Kento reuniting. It's pretty sweet. All right, my your indie. Sorry, that was my indie spotlight. Your indie spotlight, Billy Starks, the young goat, Billy Starks. Winning the Black Label Pro Championship, defeating Calvin Tankman in like three seconds. Just yep. she had a title shot. Tankman was out, cashed in on him, won the title, then defended it the the next night at Slamilton against uh, Zoe Lucas. So she she did get uh, a title defense in there. But the great Billy Starks, Jensen, what do you have to say? So um. To to set the stage for people who might have missed the match, basically what wound up happening was on Black Level Pro Slamilton. They had the the two part show, um, like two a one- part eighteen hour event. Yeah, yes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, on part one, it was like in the afternoon. Calvin Tankman retained his title over Levi Everett, and after the match, Levi, Levi, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to clear my throat out. Um, Levi after the match attacked tankman with like a chair and his butter turner and everything and like left him just laying in the ring billy starks had won the blp rumble so she had uh, a cash in that she could do at any time for the title <clears throat> and uh basically what wound up happening is what she said it was literally like three seconds long like the the the, the time of the three count was the match yeah. and basically billy came out in street clothes <clears throat> cashed in her uh, her opportunity and literally just put one foot on top of calvin tankman it was just one two three billy starks is your new black label pro heavyweight champion um i'm gonna read out a because <clears throat> I, I think he will probably watch the show and i know he listens to the weekender i thought this would be funny to read on the show today um there was a different match that um that billy had over the weekend or that same weekend um not the um uh, I know she, she retained over Zoe Lucas, but she also, she wrestled Carlos Romo on uh, action wrestling, like right before that, right before, like the match before she won at Black Little Pro, she had, um, she had wrestled, I think she might've had one match in between, but regardless, she had wrestled Carlos Romo really recently. And on the weekender, <clears throat> I was talking about how I didn't like the finish of the match because um, basically the finish was they're both out on their feet. Like they're both like knocked out kind of standing Carlos and, and Zoe and uh, Billy. And then Carlos just like hits a Canadian destroyer, like out of completely nowhere. And then Billy lands on top of Carlos and pins him. So like Billy wins the match because of Carlos hitting her with a Canadian destroyer. And so Mouse, her father, Robert Bellamy, uh, one of my favorite guys in like all of wrestling, uh, the best photographer for my, for my money in wrestling. Uh, he DM me after he listened to the show. Um, he was like, Hey, I hadn't seen the Carlos match. And he was like talking about the finish. He kind of agreed with me. And I was like, I was like, Hey man, I appreciate that. And I was like, love seeing B- uh, I said, love seeing Billy get that BLP heavyweight title. And he said, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so he's always, he's always roasting his own daughter. I love it. Cause he, uh, like he'll call Billy Tipton his favorite Billy in wrestling and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, so I just thought it was funny. I heard, I heard from Mouse after the title win, and 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 I was like congratulating Billy. And he's like, she sucks. <laughs> so, um, shout out to Billy Starks, <laughs> still only seventeen years old, and uh, one of the the most talented wrestlers in the world right now, and and only going to keep getting better. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There's there's a lot of really young 
really talented wrestlers out there, and I could name quite a few of them. But I think that uh, Billy Starks and Nick Wayne are going to be like in their in their mid twenties, and we're talking within the next like five years. I think they'll be the two biggest like stars in the world. Like once they're once they have the mainstream exposure, well, and it won't take very long because they're already so good at their ages. Once they have the the mainstream exposure, and kids can really start getting behind them, like like kids are going to love Billy Starks. And they're going to be like, she's like around my age. You know what I mean? She's, she's been wrestling. She, she was 15 or whatever, or 14. It's like, that's, I think that Billy's going to be the biggest star in wrestling. And it's just, it's just a matter of time. Um, So it's cool. It's cool to see her get this, this win. She has like three title belts right now too, across like multiple promotions. So like, um, and BLP is a big company. Like that's a, that's a, that's a, a big uh that's a big title belt to be holding on, on the indie scene is that black label pro heavyweight title and billy's got it now and she totally deserves it so like i uh i wanted to yeah that was my spotlight this week you know it happened last week but since we missed the show i, I really wanted to make sure to talk about billy's win and uh and if you somehow haven't seen billy starks like you can even go back and watch when she was like 15 and having matches she was already like good and like getting better but like her right now she's really putting it together and she's kind of like <clears throat> just just as like anyone does in wrestling as they get a little older like <clears throat> excuse me they um they everyone kind of fills out right like um like she's she's like growing into a woman right and so she's like she she's getting bigger and stronger and like the talent's already there and she keeps getting better she's only 18 and it's just like one of those things where like her at like 22 she's going to be so insanely good like yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I just can't say enough good things. Um, and I'm very excited for her future. And I love seeing her with that Black Label Pro Heavyweight title. So uh, shout out Mouse, shout out Billy Starks, Mikey Blanton, Black Label Pro, Slamilton. Uh, yeah, great stuff. She's headed to uh, Japan for Tokyo Joshi Pro as well. So She's already there, I think. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I didn't know exactly when she was flying out. I could remember <laughs> off the top of my head where, where the match was, but Graham mentions that Caden interviewed her on Overbooked and she seems cool. Yeah. So, yes. Everyone go to oh, fight yeah. Overbooked. Uh Caden did an interview with Billy Starks. You mentioned Nick Wayne. She she said in the interview that her and Nick Wayne are a bunch of conspire conspiring cheaters. And they cheat on all their homework so they can pass all their, their quizzes and tests so they can continue to wrestle on the weekend. I love it. They're passing answers to each other because one of them has already taken it. And so they're giving each other answers so they can keep wrestling on the weekend. So I do not condone cheating by either one of them. They should actually study and do their homework. Right. yes that's my well and uh billy's been on my on my list for a while for fans of the spotlight here like she's someone we'll definitely talk to same with mouse i, I, I want to get him on the show too um to talk about his experience not only being her father and like navigating this world of wrestling but like his experience like because he's he's knows the wrestler so well and he's right up there on the ring doing photography for for hundreds if not thousands of matches at this point so like i think having both uh billy and mouse on sometime soon uh would be would be a lot of fun and Josh, out of caden for getting that interview that's awesome um but yeah I've, I've had i have like a list of people i want to interview on the spotlight <clears throat> but since me and jeremy only do one a week it just it takes a long time to get through that list but um billy is absolutely on that list so you'll hear from her at some point on the show i'm sure black label pro uh we mentioned mikey earlier and how he he uh gave us batista's dick how big is it uh <laughs> But he also, they they did this tweet this week, 
I'm just like, we fired this referee, Jeremy Tillman, for bad mouthing Taylor Swift. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a, That's right up your alley. The moment I saw this tweet, I was like, well, I'm writing this story. Like, I, I have to. Like, this is just 100% on brand for me. And then he, he quotes me, he's like, ah, we've made it. And I was like, look, you, you make anything about Taylor Swift or the 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, like, I'll write about it. I'm very easy to, to appease for this stuff. Let this be a lesson to any wrestler, to any promoter out there, to anyone just trying to get your company coverage on Fightful. Like, you can send me your press releases. You can send me your, your news items or your results and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll make sure it gets covered in some capacity. You want, like, premium single article coverage on stuff do something related to taylor swift or the 2022 stanley cup champion colorado avalanche and you'll get a single article out of it i don't care what it is just relate it somehow to one of those two things and i'll write about it because that shit just pops me and for some reason sean ross sap has given me free reign to write about pretty much anything that i want when i wrote about daniel bryan brian danielson burying genghis khan this morning so I got free reign to kind of write whatever I want. Do do stuff that pops me, and I'll put it on the website. And you get free coverage out of it. Let that be oh, a yeah. lesson to everybody out there. Let that be a lesson. And also, I am an absolute slut for free merchandise. So if you're an independent wrestler out there, or an independent company that wants your merch out there a little bit more, send it to me. I will wear it on my streams, whether it's here or with Jensen Doug or whatever. Jensen wears this shit all the time on the streams I wear people's here. stuff all the time. Yeah. Sometimes people give me stuff, honestly. Like, I'll go to an indie show sometimes, and sometimes I buy it. Sometimes they're like, hey, man thanks for support. You know what? I'm just like, I'm wearing this on Fightful. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm always happy to like, to help kind of support how I can, like, as far as getting people's merch and like their, like when we do the spotlight, we always make sure like to get to know the person that we're interviewing a little bit better than even just like as a wrestler, we ask like some personal stuff, stuff that they're into. Then we're always like, please let people know where to find your stuff because like we want people to go out and support. So, and that's another thing too, whether it's, whether I get something for free or I'm buying it, like I want to support. Like, so if I walk up to you at a merch table, if you're an indie wrestler and I'm like, here's 20 bucks for a shirt and you want to give me the shirt for 20 bucks, I'm all about it. I'm all for it. But if you want to give me the shirt for free, even better, and I'll, I'll rock the hell out of it. So like, I am, I am, I am more than happy to, uh, to get your merchandise out there on, uh, on, on Fightful platforms, on the RVD Tito for Life channel, on anything I do with Jesse whenever we're free. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to to get your stuff out there. So, at the end of the day, we're whores, Stephen Jensen. That's giant sluts for this stuff. Gigantic yeah. sluts for this. That's basically what it comes down to. All right, everybody. Speaking of uh, trying to promote wrestlers <clears throat> and trying to trying to get people out there, did an interview last week with uh, Richard King, who has been on AEW Dark. He's been a big present at ba- Battle Slam since they've started up. He has a match this week at Battle Slam, um, and he's. I was just trying to lost my train of thought. We talked to him about uh, many, many subjects, largely pro wrestling, but we also got into some of like his favorite movies. We, we mentioned Jensen just mentioned that we like to get to know people outside of wrestling. So got into some of like favorite movies, TV show, video games, stuff like that. Uh, so hope you get to know Rich King a little bit better. He's great. Very, very fun guy to talk to. Uh, I love personally 
the story about his mom taping shows. I when you brought it up, that popped <coughs> yeah. me. And then the and, reason behind that was when great. also uh Ryan or Sir Turbo Chubbs in the chat right now. That's Ryan who I'm talking about in the interview. Actually, I brought him up. Um oh, okay. he's he's who I meet up at the battle shows battle slam shows with. Um and he's gotten to know Richard's mom a little bit because he's bought some merch from them and like she's like super super appreciative of anyone who supports him. So like um so it's cool that Ryan's in here too to see this interview because um and by the way yeah check out richard king's most recent match because it's available now on fight plus uh battle slam thriller um you can watch and then the new battle slam show is going to be filming this sunday so um but i don't know when it's going to air but the shout out to baron and, and battle slam dude they got they got on a fight plus which is i thought they should you know like yeah you get it if you're if you're an indie company i think if you can get in on that five dollars a month on fight plus get it you know what i mean i don't know i don't know how the financials look and stuff on the back end versus like doing it yourself i, I have no idea but like from a fan perspective i really appreciate that i can spend that five bucks a month and now it's like on top of gcw and all these other companies like i'm getting battle slam also and in combat sports and stuff hell yeah so. yeah uh all right let's go to our interview with richard king everybody i hope you guys enjoy this one Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight. I, as always, am Steven Jensen with Jeremy Lambert. And today our guest is, in my opinion, one of the best kept secrets in professional wrestling, a real prospect and somebody I've been seeing a lot lately at Battle Slam out of, out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. He's the Adonis Richard King. Richard, thanks for joining us, man. And how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you for that intro. That was a, that was a, a really kind, uh, kind thing to say. Oh, no, I mean it, man. Like, and we're going to get into it during the interview, but um, that's something that I, I really wanted to highlight on today's uh, today's talk because you're somebody that I, I, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't know more about you prior to Battle Slam. So I definitely want to, you know, kind of hear about kind of, a, you know, kind of this journey you're on and, and kind of your, your goals and stuff in wrestling. Um, but I guess first and foremost, um, Jeremy had let us know before the, the interview, he's feeling a little under the weather, under the weather today, so... Jeremy, hope you're feeling better by the time this airs. But um, yeah, just want to throw that out there for the people that are listening. Um, Richard, you a, you a lifelong wrestling fan? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I started watching when I was maybe like three or four with my dad. He used to show me like a lot of um, rock stuff. He was a huge superstar Billy Graham fan uh, back in the day. Um, but then I kind of like fell out of love with it for a while. I think there is that phase that maybe a lot of kids go through where it's like wrestling isn't cool anymore. You know, it's like you move on to something else and then, you know, finally come back to it eventually. Oh, uh, let's talk about battle slam. Let's get into that. How did that all come about? We've had Baron black on the show. Jensen is mm -hmm. he's in, he's in the back pocket of Baron black, I believe, but <laughs> how, how did it all come about being part of the battle slam shows? Um, so I did AEW work. Uh, for the first time, probably about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer than that. And that's where I first met Baron. And honestly, at first, I think I told him this, but I was like, at first, I was like, I don't think this dude likes me. I'm like, I'm like, he clowns on me every single time I see him. He's always got something to say about what I'm wearing. And I'm like, this dude just doesn't like me. And then um, for the first, one of the first Battle Slam shows, he like hit me up about it and you know, let me know what the, the whole deal was and this idea that he had to present me on the show. And I was just, I was game, you know, it was, it was a bigger show for me to be on. It was a cool spotlight. I was going to be working some 
you know, higher end indie guys and some vets like Caprice Coleman. So it was, it was, you know, something that I couldn't say no to. It was just an amazing opportunity. Are, are you out of Orlando, Georgia, or Orlando, Florida? Yeah. Okay. So do you, so you drive from Orlando to, to around Atlanta for those Battle Slam shows? Yeah. I drive up uh, the day before or the, the day of the morning. Okay. Well, yeah. something I, I, I definitely have noticed and I wanted to bring up, um, you have a lot of support around you. I, I noticed that your mom comes to the shows with you and she's at your merch, your merch table. And, oh, yeah, um, definitely. and I, and, um, I have a friend Ryan that I've met through the battle slam shows and, um, and I know that he got to talk to your mom a little bit at the merch table the other, the other time. And I was kind of avoiding you a little bit because I wanted to talk to you on this, on this show today. So I've been telling Ryan, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get to know Richard a little bit better when we talk. And then, um, and then I'll approach him at the merch table and, and get some, get some t-shirts and stuff the next time I see you. But, um, how, what's it like having the support of your mom around? Because um, I feel like that's got to be just like just really great knowing that she's like supporting what you're doing. No, it's 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 fantastic. She's supported me and, you know, in any endeavor like this is my career. This is what I want to do. And when I came to that or I came to her with that when I was 16, I was like, I want to be a professional wrestler. I don't want to go to college. I, I don't want to take the path of, you know, a, a nine to five. I'm like, I want to be a professional wrestler. And she's like, well, if that's what you want to do, if that's what's going to make you happy, let's do it. And, you know, she helped me find a school and, you know, she helped me with that. And, and she's just been, you know, my rock ever since helping me on the travels and with the merge and stuff and making sure everything's together. And, you know, she's, she's like, uh, she's like the second part of my act that no one gets to see, you know, without her, it, it wouldn't be the same. Well, if you're ever at a show that Richard is working on, you can spot his mom because during his match, she'll be running all over the place, getting getting the best camera angles possible yep. on that iPhone. Um, <laughs> yep. But, and I, 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 I've been curious. Um, do you do you use that as like uh, as like highlight tape and like kind of like uh, like game footage, if you will? Like, cause she she really she she films like from start to finish everything that yeah. you do. So um, I I love like I, I critique myself, you know, probably more than you know maybe is healthy. But I want to know exactly what the match looked like and how it went as soon as I get done. And with some of these places, you know, if it's not live, then it could take a couple of weeks to get back footage from these in these places. So, you know, as soon as I get done with the match, I go to the merch table. I, I pull out the phone and, and I'm, you know, going back and forth and looking at, OK, this could have been better. This could have been, you know, changed and, and that. Um, but just recently I started taking that footage because I used to just be for me. But I'm now putting it up on my YouTube channel as like a the second version of whatever the official version is going to be just so, you know, other people can see it. But um, it's mainly just for me to, to look back at and critique myself. That's a good idea to have. I mean, I don't know if everybody can have their mom come to the indie shows <laughs> yeah. to, to watch them, but to have someone just film the entire match and be like, Hey, let me watch this so I can replay back. Cause like you said, if it's not live, sometimes nobody sees any of this footage. Cause it yeah, doesn't, doesn't get out the there. Thing. Yeah. Some indie shows like, you show up and it's like, okay, who's recording? Oh, no one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. you so you're, you're basically at that point, you're relying on just other people to tell you how the match went. And I mean, that, yeah. that can obviously be helpful, especially if there's veterans who are at the shows, but you know, you want to look back and look at the game footage and, and see exactly. what you did and what you can improve on. Yeah. Cause sometimes you go up to people and they'll be like, Oh, the match is great. And it's like, well, what could be improved? And they're like, 
oh, the match is great. Like they don't have anything. It's like, well, I know there's something. So I got to look back myself and, you know, and, and see, you know, what I can improve on. Has, has there been any advice? So you, you've worked uh, AEW. You've been in the mm-hmm. ring with, with guys like Ortiz, with uh, Brian Cage. You've worked Battle Slam, veterans around a lot of these shows. Has there been any advice from whether it be one of them or somebody else who have come up to you and be like, hey, this is good, this could be improved? Yeah. Any advice from veterans? Uh, I think the, the biggest advice that I, that I got that I can't even point it to one person, but it was really just like slow down. I, I used to wrestle a mile a minute. Like I was just going, going like from spot to spot to spot. And I think a lot of the guys and girls get, get caught up in that when they're, when they're coming up, they just want to go from spot to spot. And, you know, there's a moment in place for that, but the character work and slowing down and really showing off why you're different from the other guy that's doing a dive out the, out of the ring. Cause at this point, anyone can wrestle. Like we've seen it. Anyone can get in the ring. And if you're somewhat athletic, you can you can do this right with a proper training. But what separates people is, OK, can you make someone care about these in between moments? Can you make them care about you and, and your character? So um, uh, the match that you mentioned with Ortiz that I had a dark that unfortunately was never aired. I actually uh, Ortiz and I got critiqued by Daniels, Christopher Daniels. Um, and it was kind of just like, hey, you guys went out there. You had a great technical match. Physically, it looked great. But character-wise, you need to show that more and just more character. And like from that point on, I was like, character, character, character. <laughs> like I know I can be physical. I know I can do the physicality stuff and in the moves. Um, so I'll kind of let you know the back of my mind just do that. But the forefront of my mind has to be on character, you know. Okay, and that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about your character because mm-hmm. you seem very the opposite as a human being than what I see as a professional wrestler. Um, yeah. And and I'm curious about that. Um, like your entrance gear, like I I think it's akin to to like Okada, like the like the the robe and you look yeah. kind of like the Rainmaker. I think it looks pretty badass. And I know yeah. you've been you've been uh, you've been kind of. Um, tweaking aspects and like trying to kind of mark down probably works works best for you um where where did the ideas for your character come from and do you prefer being because just right off the bat like you see a guy like you you're in incredible shape i was gonna ask about that as well um you you absolutely look the part of a professional wrestler you pass the looks test like immediately you look like a, you look like somebody you look like a, a star when i see you and then you Thank put you. it all together in the ring absolutely but 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 then like so it's one of those things like, do you, do you kind of prefer being in that space of like being a heel and having people dislike you because of those things? Or do you think it can be motivating to see a guy like you and be like, oh, I can achieve being successful like this guy? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I like I've always found it easier to be a heel for whatever reason. Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, in a movie or a show, you're playing a part, you know, and you can kind of let loose this part of you that isn't your day-to-day um like whenever i was a face i was like i don't know what to say like what do i is you just just a generic come on like you know it's it's i don't like it's just not me um so when i'm a heel it just it feels just natural i can take all the uh things that i've seen from like movies and tv shows and what i base my character on and just put it out there and and i feel like that's when i'm at my best 
what are some of those influences like if you if you could like lock some of those down for like movies tv shows other wrestlers you take inspiration from um so i think a friend of mine put it best like i was looking at a bunch of different stuff um but he put it best in that i'm injustice superman like this this character that has this idealized version of himself he thinks he's perfect he is the adonis he is just he has this uh, god complex right he's up here everyone else is down here and the way that i and i don't know if i've, I've perfectly um encapsulated this in, in in my work but it's a character that doesn't think he's the villain you know right. it's like i'm perfect what do you mean i'm doing bad thing why are you booing me I'm perfect. I'm like, you should be on your feet, you know, like I'm here type thing. And, and, uh, injustice Superman is very much like that. It's like, I'm no, I'm in the right. What you're crazy. If you think that I'm in the wrong type thing. It's, it sounds very Homelander. Uh, if you've watched, uh, yeah, that, that too, yeah. you know, yeah. So like, I like, I always like a villain that isn't like a mustache twirling. Like I like a villain that's <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. Like even like a Thanos, where it's like what I'm doing is is mercy type thing. Yeah, um, I, I want to circle back to to AEW. How did that that come about? But I assume it was in Orlando. But how how did it come about? Who contacted you, or did you reach out to anybody? Um, well, I like when they first started doing dark stuff. I reached out to um, AEW, and I just never got anything back. Um, and then it wasn't until maybe like a year or so later, uh, Sean Dean, the captain, reached out to me and my tag partner at the time and um, brought us up to uh, Jacksonville for I think it was it was like two days, it was like two days, maybe one or two days off. And then we were back for another two days. It was right before they went uh, back on the road. Um, so they were filming a bunch of dark. And funny enough, we were there for four days and didn't do anything like they just had us there. Uh, and it wasn't until like a few months later, they brought us to the Orlando tapings and had a match against Wardlow and uh, Spears. Now, were you given any reason as to why the Ortiz match did not end up airing? I was. Uh, so the Dynamite episode that aired after those tapings, um, Ortiz shaved his head. Oh, that makes that was, sense. Wow. He, he shaved his head. And I was like, okay. Because I was told that before we went out there, I was like, they're like, hey, this match probably won't air because Ortiz is going to shave his head in a few days. Oh. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so so you knew going into that match that it's like, oh, we're going to do this. And it's possible that no one's actually going to see this except the people there, which you, you mentioned you got feedback from Christopher Daniels, which is great. But still, yeah. going into the match, you knew like, hey, we're, we might do this and it might not be seen by the public. Yeah, exactly. I was hoping to at least get like, like, hey, here's like footage, don't share it type thing, but I didn't get anything. I don't even know if the camera's wrong. Well, well, yeah, I'm gonna say we might be able. We're gonna see if we can help you with that somehow. <laughs> I would, I would love to be able to get you that footage, especially for I a would, guy who goes so out of his way to like make sure he's getting good footage. Like, I, I would love to see that match because I heard it was good. You know, like on a technical scale, so. When Sean Dean, you know, we see a lot of him at Battle Slam doing a lot in the Atlanta area as well. Would you like to speak a little bit more about him and uh, some of the other performers that we've been seeing at Battle Slam? Because I, I think the product that that y'all are putting on is like 
it just kind of slept on in just the grand scheme of pro wrestling i feel like like the shows are yeah. really solid they continue to get better and better and um yeah just uh, just some thoughts on sean d and maybe some others you've been working with your battle slam yeah it, it's a i mean it's a crazy good um talent pool that they have at battle slam like kevin knight i think is a standout for the new japan dojo uh, Casey Navarro is fantastic. Um, I've worked Chad Skywalker now. I think that was our third encounter with the, with the, the intergender tag match with with uh, Ashley. Um, but like, and then obviously Caprice Coleman getting in there with him, the ring bet that he is was was an awesome experience. He's just an amazing dude. Um, but yeah, like he keeps bringing in people that I'm like surprised. I'm like. You got this dude like you got this dude i mean baron's got connections he knows everyone like uh bay was there chris bay was there last show it's 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 something that i'm hoping continues to grow you know speaking of battle slam you know they they combine wrestling and hip-hop and music we we've seen little scrappy throw down there uh but like what kind of music do you listen to what, what's what's your go-to whether it's a workout or driving or what 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 kind of music do you listen to uh so i listen to hip-hop and rap in the gym sometimes um sometimes i'll put on like orchestral music like some really soft stuff if i'm doing uh maybe like arms or something that isn't as demanding um but honestly i have a whole vinyl collection upstairs of frank sinatra bobby vinton ricky nelson um the ink spots the platters like that's that's like really my bread and butter right there okay i gotta know more about vinyl because you're you're young and Mm -hmm. i feel like the the young generation they're they're not typically into that so like what got you started on the vinyl uh fallout i have a a fallout (laughs) 3 tattoo okay it was it was uh fallout 3 um was my first fallout game and like the soundtrack to that just it hooked me at the young age of of eight i was like i was like this is my stuff wow i would not expect someone your age to be like yeah got a nice vinyl collection going yeah. on yeah that's awesome Especially Sinatra flea markets flea markets are the place to go for it there's this place up in um it's in between sebastian and vero beach um the, the name of the the town is is slipping my mind but this dude, this older guy, has this giant booth in the flea market just filled with any kind of vinyl that you could possibly want. And, nice. and that's where I go for my stuff. Nice. That's very interesting to hear that you're into vinyl. That's awesome. Uh, what, like, what, song, what, what kind of hip-hop artists do, do you listen to? I mean, you got the classics, Tupac, Biggie, um, Coolio. Uh, um who else, who else do I have? Uh, cool in the gang. Listen to Cool in the Gang sometimes. Um, I actually, this isn't hip hop, but I just started. Um, what's the Mariah Carey song? Not the Christmas one. Uh, Fantasy. Yes. Oh, I've Will been, Wa- Will Washington. Will Washington. Uh, Sorry. I've been I've been playing that on loop. Uh, during my workouts, I don't know. Someone about that song will just push you through a set of bench. Like, I don't know. My girlfriend doesn't get it. My other friends don't get it. They try it, and I'm like, bro, there's just something about it. I don't know. That that is a, a great song. Will Washington, who hosts uh, Graph City here here on the channel, huge Mariah Carey fan. So, but that's he, the thing. I'm not even a big Mariah Carey <laughs> fan. It's just that one song where I'm like, 
if you play your Christmas song, I'm like, get that out of here. But the fantasy, <laughs> you know, that is a really good song. That's it a, is look, a great man. song. I lo- I love Taylor Swift, so I yeah, I'll I mess with Taylor Swift too. I got I just I was listening to Katy Perry when I was sitting chess today. There you go. Like okay. you know. They make good, good, uh, like kind of upbeat music. Uh, exactly. If, if you're doing like where, like I, I do a lot of running, and so some of those songs, like, very nice to run to, depending. Yeah, that's trying to go like perfect. slow, or if you need to pick it up a little bit. Exactly, like whatever gets you through the workout, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of those workouts, what, what kind of advice would you have for somebody like to, if if someone were to be like, hey, I want to look like you. Like, I know that's a very, you, you can't, it's not just, it's a very layered answer, I'm sure. But like, yeah. what kind of advice would you give somebody to get in like good shape like you are in? Uh, I, I, I get this question a lot. Like people DM me it a lot and, and um, I don't know, I kind of find it funny sometimes because I don't see myself as like a big or an in-shape guy. I got bad, like, honestly, I have bad body dysmorphia. I look at myself oh. and I'm like, bro, you could, you could improve here, 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 and here. Um but by what people are telling me, I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, so honestly, it, it's really consistency. Like staying consistent in the gym, staying consistent um, with your food. Um, I use my fitness pal, which is a food tracker. You can track all your calories. And that's where a lot of people mess up. A lot of people are like, I can't lose weight. You know, I'm eating so little. And I'm like, well, did you track your calories? Because you're probably actually eating like 4,000 calories. You might think you're only eating, you know, 2,000 because you eat twice a day, but those two meals are huge, you know, or they're really calorie dense. So tracking your calories and making sure you're on point from day to day. Um, And then just staying consistent in the gym, you know, like not everyone needs to go in there and train like a bodybuilder or a powerlifter. Just going in there, you know, hitting your sets, trying to push yourself from day to day. Uh, and, And you're gonna see improvement you know it's impossible to go in there and push yourself and then also stay consistent with the diet and not see improvement you're going to see improvement you know do you you have like a favorite exercise or anything that you would recommend to somebody to try out um i love bent over rows bent over barbell rows like that's what's grown my back the most that and in weighted pull-ups um i used to love deadlifting a lot but um just like from wrestling and then gym and uh, I used to do judo a lot and then wrestling in high school just it's too much on the back to where like I've slowed down on that a lot um I've been loving incline um bench on the smith press like you can really take your time on it you can you can slow down on that eccentric and then you know fire off or you can do pause sets on it and you don't have to worry about failure because you can just re-rack it whenever you need to uh, seated shoulder press, any sort of seated shoulder press. I love working shoulders. Uh, honestly, I could talk about the gym all day. I'm a huge, <laughs> I love bodybuilding, especially the golden age with Arnold and Frank Zane and, you know, uh, Columbo. And, you know, that's, I, I can sit there and watch pumping iron over and over again. See, we, we are not the guys to talk about bodybuilding. I, I remember the last time I saw the inside of the gym. I've seen a lot of, of cardio. I'm all I'm all cardio. I've seen some of those documentaries though. It's fascinating. Like uh like Kai Green was like a really, really interesting guy. Yeah. Um, you know, like really deep, like intellectually, but like yeah, like I I uh I think that stuff's fascinating. Um 
and also I, I did want to ask, I didn't want to forget you, you, you had mentioned, you know, the fallout tattoo, of course, other favorite video games. I got, I got to hear some of your favorites. Uh, Chrono Trigger might be like top three, uh, Borderlands two. I mean the whole series, but really Borderlands two, um, fall in new Vegas is my favorite fallout. Fall through is my first, but new Vegas is it's top tier. Um, I mean, I'm a Call of Duty fan, too. I haven't picked up the newest one yet, Modern Warfare 2. I haven't, uh, but I'm waiting on it. Pokemon. I'm a huge Pokemon fan. Played every favorite, single one. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Cyndaquil. Okay. I can't remember Cyndaquil. what Baron's answer was. We asked we asked Baron who his favorite was. I can't remember what trash answer. Like, <laughs> there you go. We'll clip that. There you go. Hey, who's your that? starter, Pokemon? Who's your starter? My starter? Yeah. Uh. I mean, if Cyndaquil is an option, it's Cyndaquil. Um, but Squirtle too. I'm a I'm a big Blastoise fan. See, I when I think started, I think the original stuff. I guess nowadays they have a bunch of different. Well, I'm yeah, old. The, if the Gen One, it's Squirtle. I mean, people okay. people love Charmander. Honestly, like Charmeleon's trash. <laughs> um, and then then Bulbasaur. It's like, God, what are you doing with the grass starter? Yeah, never true, understood that. True. See, Charmeleon fine, but like Charizard was still a beast. Like you can't. Oh well, yeah, Charizard is still a beast, but you got to deal with Charmeleon, you know, and like that's like your <laughs> ten levels. Get out that's, of here. That's fair. That's fair. But, you, I think the new Pokemon game is coming out. Like, there's another one. Coming yes, out it's coming out on the 18th. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. For Only it. three days. Just, yeah. yeah. What? One of the kids is like very excited to to get this thing. We're like, wait till Christmas, wait till Christmas. He's like, no, I need this thing now. <laughs> yeah, that I I have a switch just for Pokemon games. Like that's why I have a switch. I I I only own um, Mario Kart and uh, Breath of the Wild. Everything else is is Pokemon. And the same with my DS. When I bought a DS, I bought it for Pokemon. <laughs> you know. That is why. That's legitimately why I bought my DS is to play Pokemon and. Because yeah. I miss the the original, just like the Game Boy, playing it on that all the time as a kid. Can't what sucks it. is they they don't even like the Switch was a perfect system for them to re-release all of them. Yeah, right. And they just don't. Yeah. They're like, you want to play the old one? Go, I don't know. Go find a Game Boy. <laughs> you know. That's so true. I've I've got a Switch as well, and and I'm I'm interested. I I. I used to love Pokemon when I was younger and like, I still like dip in every now and then, especially when it comes to like the cards and collectibles and stuff like that. Mm. But I might, I might have to grab this new game. Um, Cause I'm, I'm kind of like you, I have Mario Kart for my switch. I've had it for years. I've got Mario Kart and um, I have Fortnite on, you know, every platform. And it's like, that's yeah. pretty much like what I use my switch for is like, if I want to play Fortnite, like on the go, I can take my switch with me instead of using my Xbox, but I need to get more stuff for my switch. And uh, there, there are a lot of good couple. games. There are a lot of good games for the Switch. I just haven't dived into it, you know. Yeah, like I know people praise Mario Odyssey. I haven't, I haven't tried it. I'm not that one's good. A big Mario fan, but yeah. I heard that one was good. This is this is very much a, a Mario family, and they they are always playing the Mario. Uh, they, they love the Mario Mario Odyssey, Mario U. They're big fans yeah. of. So I you get, to, I get the to see them. Uh I mean, the the kids are excited, so like I'm excited because of that. But yeah. I don't get out to go see a lot of movies, so anything that's going to pique their interest, I'll be excited for. Okay. But, what about that Chris how, Pratt as Mario? I it, it's a, it's not my cup of tea, but you yeah, know what, fine, what can yeah. you do? Yeah, I I don't like mind Chris Pratt. I guess he has other things going on that aren't great, but 
I don't mind Chris. Yeah. He'll always be Andy from Parks and Rec to me. That's how I just always see him. See, I never watched Parks and Rec, so to me, he's just Star Lord. Same for me, oh, Star Lord. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I can't unsee the Parks and Rec stuff or for the Marvel stuff. Just can't do it. I mean, the the transformation though from him and Parks it's, and Rec yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it it is very very much insane. Uh, okay, well now, like, what are some of your your favorite movies? You say favorite movies? Yeah, movies. Uh, I always tell people my favorite movie of all time is Forrest Gump. Mm. I don't know if that's true though. <laughs> it's like it's like it's. I mean, it's up there. But um, uh, the Dark Knight is a fantastic movie. I love that. I love Batman. Um, uh, a Cure for Wellness is a really good, like low budget psychological horror movie that I, that I really like. Uh, that and Shutter Island is a movie that I think everyone should see. That's good. Yeah. Shutter Island is so good. Like. And if you haven't seen it, I don't want to say anything about it because I feel like saying anything about it is is a spoiler. <laughs> um, but it's a movie that you can watch twice and have very different perspectives on it both times. Yeah, I, I haven't seen. I saw Shutter Island when like when it first came out, and it was definitely kind of a, a little bit of a a mind trip. That one and Inception are always like. Mm, yeah. Let's. Can you make heads or tails of of either one? Shutter Island's a good shot though. Speaking of horror, the first Halloween um, is is one of my all time favorites too. Okay, so you're are you up on the Halloween franchise? Have you seen Halloween Ends or? I Unfortunately, guess yeah. Unfortunately. See, I I've heard that it's not great. I've heard that it's not great. People were not happy with it. It's better than Kills. It's better than than the last one. Okay. I can say that, but it's almost. I don't know. Maybe it was just the mood that I was in when I was watching it, but it's almost a comedy. <laughs> oh, like <wow. laughs> it's it's. For, there's a tag team in it, like it act like uh, almost a legitimate tag team, um, and it's it's kind of funny. See, we need. I think that should be a genre, though. We need like kind of Halloween comedies. They take Christmas, and now they got like Christmas horror with Santa yeah. and going around murdering people. There's that new one that's coming out. There's the infamous Goldberg one, Santa's Slay, where Goldberg is Santa killing a bunch of people. A Halloween comedy, I feel like, is an untapped market. I I think it's even better that it was unintentional. Like they <laughs> try to make some, they try to make something serious and it was just funny. Um, I mean, we kind of had that with like the scary movie, you know. But it's yeah, just, it's, it's a genre that doesn't really exist anymore, you know. But that's just a parody genre to me. That's not yeah. just so much of like Halloween comedy. But I can I can see how a scary movie like fits that bill. Of, is is of the the new Terrifier movie I, I heard is like has comedy in it a little bit. I that the the new one with uh I think Chris Jericho has like a scene or two in yeah. that one. Oh, so I've seen promotion for it. I'm not I'm not a horror person. I, I no, can't yeah. can't really do it. So not my cup of tea. How about oh, yeah. uh oh go ahead. This is okay. Oh, oh I no, was gonna I was gonna ask about uh now now television shows since we've kind yeah, of yeah. run through for sure. Uh well most recently I finished House of Dragons which okay. I thought was great. Um, all up to date on the Marvel TV shows. Uh, Daredevil season one is still best Marvel show there is out there. Uh, Dragon Ball. I mean, I grew up watching Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, watching the reruns on Cartoon Network, you know. 
That that is uh fascinating to me. That I mean, Dragon Ball has been around since you know we we were younger, yeah. Kids, and and now yeah. it's still it's still this thing again. The the kids will watch that, and I'm just like, this is still this is still a thing. Same with Pokemon, just yeah, still love it. And it's with time. What's, what's yeah. funny is I didn't even I didn't grow up watching the Pokemon show though. Like I, I don't. Even... Maybe I'm wrong, but like I don't feel like the show was that popular even when we were kids like it was always the games to me yeah it was it was the game and the cards yeah talk about you know yeah that really was because it was so innovative too because like back then when people had that was also during the era where like it was going from like the green game boy screens to like the game boy colors and stuff so like portable gaming was becoming a little better too and i remember being mind blown when i don't know if you remember this jeremy but you used to be able to take a cord that would link your Game Boy to someone else's Game oh, yeah. Boy, and you could yeah. trade Pokemon that way. And like in elementary school for us, that was like the coolest thing you could fathom, right? Was trading Pokemon from game to game. And I was I was very big into the cards, and I actually still have some of them here in my office. Um, I was, yeah. I was I was that kid that uh, didn't have any friends that played Pokemon, so I always had a Kadabra. I couldn't evolve it to an Alakazam. Uh, <laughs> like. I, I, I legit, when I was in middle school, I had two DSs so I could trade with myself. That's sad. Oh, like, I, <laughs> I, would, I would trade with myself so I'd get a Gengar and stuff. Like, that's how it was. Oh, man. this is very disappointing to hear. Mm-hmm. Why, why wasn't anybody your friend, Richard? What happened? Well, okay, well, it's not that I didn't have any friends, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess by the time, like, when I was in middle school, Pokemon was starting to, like, phase out. You know, people weren't on the playground trading with Pokemon anymore, you know? Right. That totally makes sense, actually. Because how, how old are you, Richard? 22. 22, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. What, what, what were, like, the biggest things, like, uh, like fad-wise, for you coming up? Uh, I mean, probably everyone talking about, like, Call of Duty and Halo, honestly. Yeah, and, like, YouTube like, getting big. Yeah, yeah, like, YouTube. I remember... Maybe it was just a school I went to, but like a lot of sneakerheads, mm, okay. you know, just like that's what kids were comparing was, was their sneakers. And I'm like, yeah, I got Converse. Like, I don't really care <laughs> about your your Jordans. Those or, things or, hold or, up, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Timeless. Um, I mean, I even missed the boat on, on Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I was a huge Yu-Gi-Oh kid. And I was like, I'd bring my deck to school, maybe like one or two other kids in the whole school that played Yu-Gi-Oh. And I'm like. Man, I missed the I missed the mark, I guess. Oh, uh, damn. Uh, I'm gonna circle back to to wrestling here. What are some of your your goals? I mean, you're you're 22. You have a hopefully a long career ahead of you. But what are some of your short term and long term goals in wrestling? I mean, short term, I just like I want to get out there more. You know, I I've been traveling up to New York and in Rhode Island. Uh, you mentioned the match with uh, Cage and, and Flip. That was uh, up north in XWA, trying to do more stuff like that. Um, and then just trying to get better, whether it's physique-wise or in the gym, just trying to improve wherever I can. And then long-term is, I mean, I think it's probably the, the same for, for most people. They want to be on the big stage, you know, whether that's WWE or AEW or, or New Japan, Impact, just to be at the top of your industry. I think if you're not striving for that, then you probably don't care too much about making it a career. I mean, I don't know, maybe other people have different, you know, end goals and in mind, but 
if you want to do this as a career, that's that has to be one of the end goals is to be at one of the big places. To kind of go along with that, who are some of the people um, that you, I guess, your dream matches, if you will, people that you haven't gotten to wrestle yet that you really, really want to? Man, I mean, my number one is Edge, which oh, it wow. sucks that it sucks that that probably won't happen, considering like he probably won't be working for that much longer, and I think he's you know he's a very limited pool list of who he's going to work. Um, but that's who I grew up watching, even when I got back into wrestling. Uh, you know, uh, like Edge is my number one guy. Um, Styles, uh, Balor, um, over in AEW, Kenny Omega. Uh, he's someone that when I got back into wrestling, like I was watching all his stuff and kind of getting caught up on, on everything. Uh, you mentioned earlier that I, like, I had that similar look to Okada. Okada would be in, in a, he doesn't have a bad match. Right. You know, yeah. so I could go in there with full confidence. I'm like, whatever happens, we're going to come out on the other side and it's, it's going to be good because it's Okada, you know? Um, well, what sucks, though, is that, like, a lot of those guys, they're on the older side, you know? So it's like, okay, if I want those matches, I got to get to those places quick, you know? Sure. Well, and also, it's worth mentioning that um, on – see, I always I, – it's hard for me to remember because I go to these these Battle Slam shows live and then, like, which ones air when and what I'm seeing versus what airs on, you know, fight and everything, but – after um after a recent battle slam show i know you said baron's always clowning on you and stuff but after after um the the show where he won the championship he on the microphone um was giving props to a lot of people but you were one of the people you really kind of honed in on it felt like and saying like richard king's a guy that like people aren't talking about but should be and like he's really showing out here i'm, I'm paraphrasing of course but what, what did it feel like getting kind of that nod of approval from baron that night I mean, Baron is a, can be a man of very few words. Um, and so when, when he said that, um, I was, I was kind of like, I was surprised that, that he, that he said anything. And, and, um, after the show, I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, I appreciate you, you know, really saying those things. And of course it's, it's Baron. So he's like, let me stop with that soft shit. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm trying to, you know, you know, give you your flowers, dude. Um, but I, that's just that's just him. That's just his personality. But yeah, it it, it meant it meant uh, a good deal to me that that he said those things. Now, are you? I Battle Slam has their next event next weekend, right? Yeah, like, have me. you been announced for a match? That do you know who you're working for that event? I have no clue. I, I have no clue. All I know is that the start time is 11 p.m., which yeah. is crazy late. Um, but in terms of what I'm doing, uh, I do not know. It's on the 27th. Yeah, so, that's gonna be yeah. a wild day for that a lot of the, that crew because um so like um championship district wrestling, which is also run by Nightmare Factory students, is running that same afternoon out of the district in Atlanta, and then they're gonna be taking that same ring and then moving it to the the venue for Battle Slam later that night and setting mm-hmm. up and doing that show that night. So. I'll, yeah. I'll be at um I'll be at Championship District Wrestling doing a little commentary, and I'd like to make it a Battle Slam, but I gotta work a shoot job the next day in the morning. I just don't know if I can do a show that starts at 11 p.m. I don't man, know, you're man. sick. You're sick that day. Call I that know, day. right? You know. It's, it's right after the holidays That's the problem. Is like I, that I, you know, some at work might see this, but like I I was kind of 
going to try to do that, but everyone's already like well in advance have asked for that day off already. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh no. So I'm hoping I can make it uh, out. Family oh. emergency. <laughs> See, I'm yeah. trying to, I, I know you're doing commentary for, for district. Like I'm trying yeah. to get it set up to where you get punched and then you're not going to be able to, to make the show. Cause you'll have like, or to make the shoot job the next day, because you'll have like oh. a concussion. I don't know. I don't need anybody to hit you that hard, but there you will you be injured. You so you can't go to kick. your shoot job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, like he's that. too injured to actually to work the shoot job, but you can still make the battle slam later. If you need that, I, I got you. I got you. Okay, See? I, I, thank there you, Richard. I appreciate that. If I need somebody to to, to lay one in on me, I'll uh, yeah, yeah. appreciate there, there that. Go, uh, Richard. We'll get you out of here on this. So we ask everybody, what is the coolest thing in your room? In my room? In your room? In the the house that you're in? Just kind of the coolest thing that that you own. You have to get well, it. We want to see so it. You got to yeah, get room. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go get oh, it's upstairs. It's okay. It's upstairs. Yeah, it's okay. Every single time, they got. Yeah. They got to go. I love that. Get this Good guy, man. This is a very, very nice guy. I, I, I hope it's a vinyl record. I feel like that's what he's gonna get. Once I, once he said that he was into like vinyl, I feel like he's gonna come back with with some type of vinyl right I, I feel like that too but like he's talking a lot about like collectibles and stuff like you know maybe maybe he goes like some sort of pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or dragon ball type type scenario we'll see it's funny because he'll watch this back and he'll hear our conversation about like us <laughs> speculating what's he bringing back what, what, what's the coolest thing in his room there right, we go here it is okay i got the thing all right so this is a star wars clock Oh. You might think, well, this is just a normal clock. It's in the shape of the Millennium Falcon. But it's actually an old record. Oh, uh, that, was, that was laser cut. And it's in Russian for some reason. <laughs> Very so cool. I got like, this as a gift uh, maybe two, probably two years ago. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen someone laser cut a record. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even like the battery's dead. So it's not even <laughs> telling the right time. But. Uh, this was the first thing that came to mind when when you asked that. So there you go. So we were we were debating off air as you were getting that. Uh, I thought you were going to go something vinyl. Jensen thought you were going to go some type of collectible. And it turns out you went both. Like you combined it. A, I have, a I have vinyl both. collectible there. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Richard, let everyone know what you got coming up, where they can find you at, anything you, you want to get out there to plug. Uh, so like you said, I got the battle slam show coming up on the 27th. Um, in December, we have FIP coming up full impact pro down here in Florida. We also have pro wrestling action, uh, which is in December as well. All of these posters are, are on my, um, my, my page. Uh, and then you can also find me at, uh, true Richard King, uh, most places or Richard King official, uh, subscribe to my new YouTube channel. I just started uploading pretty consistently i've been uploading either wrestling videos or workout videos uh you can find me on youtube at richard king um and yeah so that, that's what's going on you want to jeremy we can put the the youtube link in the description yeah for, him. for yeah. sure for sure cool. easily yeah send, yeah send you guys everything yeah. yeah thank you thank you again for joining us we appreciate thank it thank you for and having me good good luck at battle slam when you don't know who you're facing maybe baron will stop being a coward and he'll give you a shot at the title Man, Baron, he's got the number one contender now. You know, he said he was. He said he was. 
Yeah, he said he wasn't gonna face shoot. Uh, this... Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so... gonna make shoot weight. It sounds like so. I don't. Oh, I don't know who's okay. gonna be on this show. Yeah, it might be you. Maybe. Maybe. Pay him back for all the times he's been joking around and been mean to you. Just get get some get some revenge on that. Exactly. I, I wore these uh these leather pants once to to AEW. I legit wasn't even out of the car fully yet, and he was already clowning on me. <laughs> I'm like, yo. <laughs> Oh, that's so I'll ruthless. Up, I'll, I'll show up in those. <laughs> he, he is, for what it's worth. Like I, I thought for the longest time, Bear didn't like me either. And it turns out that it just he. I, I think he, I guess he did. Like we get along great. You know, it's just uh, yeah. I just I got that vibe also at the beginning too, and I didn't feel I you know. So for for whatever that's, it's that's worth, the thing I think I think if he clowns you, that means he likes you. That and that's yeah. sometimes like how it goes with uh, certain relationships. Like I kind of feel the same way. The people I joke around with and kind of make fun of the most, are the people that I love the most. So yeah, exactly. If you if you're comfortable with someone, you know, you'll right. you like that a bit more. Right, exactly. Well, Richard, again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Everyone, give him a follow at True Richard King. Check out the YouTube channel. It's all down there in the the description and the link below. Richard, thank you again for joining us, guys. We'll be right back here on the spotlight. We are back here on the spotlight. Thank you again to Richard King for joining us last week. Much appreciation. Everyone going to check out Battle Slam if you're in the area. If you're not in the area, check it out when it premieres on Fight Plus, Fight TV. Uh, yeah, Steven Jensen, long show today. It was great to spend the extra time with you because it's Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you, buddy. Thankful um, that we are able to do this show pretty much every week, except when one of us has COVID. But do this show every week talk about wrestling hang out with everybody in the chat so i'm thankful for you and i'm thankful for everybody in the chat even though i'm sometimes mean to you guys uh i always appreciate the support and that you guys are watching listening following along sending me nice messages about things so thank you guys and thank you guys for hanging out with us on thanksgiving here if you're in the united states if you're in elsewhere and you don't celebrate thanksgiving on this day then this is just a regular day for you and you should be here every week Yes, I appreciate appreciate you too, Jeremy. Appreciate everyone watches the show. See Ryan in there. Um, I sent you the event details. By the way, everyone, Championship District Wrestling this Sunday. Um, if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, I believe the show starts at 3.30 Eastern and it'll run till like 7. So it makes sense. It's probably about a three three and a half hour show. I know they said they were trying to do some shorter shows too when we talked to Jameson and she class. Um, you should be hearing from Jameson and she, by the way, uh, next week on the show. We're planning to interview them. It's Tuesday, and then we'll air it for y'all next Thursday, and we'll let you know where and when to watch the CW, uh, sorry, CDW show, Championship District Wrestling. Um, and I'll be doing some commentary, like I've been mentioning, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, also, check out Battle Slam. Go support Richard. Go support Baron. All the people doing big things over there for Battle Slam. There's still an outside chance I might make the show that night, but with it starting as late as it does, it just it's unlikely. But I'll be supporting from home as far as uh, whatever I can do to help, you know, promote the show. And uh, and we should get Baron on here soon again, too. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get Baron on the spotlight soon to talk some Battle Slam and catch up with him. Because it's, it's been a minute since y'all seen him uh, here on here on this show. Um, he's going to make I, fun of you. He's, gonna, he's just going to clown you the entire time. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I, and I like the feedback we're getting. People, uh, so like Ryan, you know, has has, has met Richard and, and interacted with him and, and his mom a few times at those shows, and it's good. Like I, I like getting that kind of feedback. He says I, I thought I couldn't like Richard King anymore. Like as far as like 
he likes him even more now after that interview, which is, I, uh, I like hearing that. Um, so, so yeah, uh, support indie wrestling this weekend. Uh, Skull Vikings, once again, shout out to my boys over at Purple Daily, uh, Declan and Judd and Mackie. Those guys rule. Um, I'll be watching their post show right after. Y'all might even catch me later tonight. If they do if they do their live show right after on their event line, I might jump on live and talk Vikings tonight, maybe. We'll, we'll see how the, how the game goes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate Fightful. Um, we're very fortunate, I feel like, to be in positions that we're in. And I try not to forget that. Like, I was somebody that for years consumed YouTube videos and podcasts and even back in the day traded VHS tapes with people and stuff like that. And um, I always thought it'd be really cool if people could ever like care enough about my opinion on wrestling to want to hear me talk about it or watch me, you know, talk about it or whatever. And the fact that we're in a position to have a platform to do it, that, you know, I think it's just very, it's a very fortunate thing that is not lost on me. I think it's a really cool thing. And uh, I think it's cool that I'm getting to meet more people at these shows and stuff that are also wrestling fans. So, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate all of it. So thank thank you all for the support and uh, thank you, Jeremy, for you know when when you decided to do this show um, that you chose me to do it, man. I uh, this this show you know this is the one thing a week that like I make sure to carve out time for multiple times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's out of my my full time job now is like to make sure I want to be I want to keep this going at the very least. So I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate everyone watching. I hope everyone has a very happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you always being accommodating with the, with the time and just, you know, spending your time with me because I, I don't feel very important. I don't know why people want to spend time with me. I tortured uh, myself on an airplane <laughs> twice just to be at your wedding. Man. I know. See, I don't know why people do that to themselves. <laughs> it's not, I'm not worth all that. Oh, uh, but yeah, thank you everybody who, who watches, listens, supports, sends nice messages, anything like that. It's really not possible without you guys uh and it's much appreciated and you know not only do we do this show but you can head over to fightful overbooked and everybody who supports everything we're doing over there and tomorrow steven jensen will do a show with uh sp3 that coward that hooligan that's just menace sp3 uh talking about jason david frank and power rangers so Show them some love over there. We have a bunch of new stuff on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, Tag Talk this week with Haley and Kylie. Kylie was at Full Gear, so she had live experience. They're, they're, they they had the, the perspective on the Elite. I look forward to their thoughts next week after everything that happened last night. Um, so, so, yeah, Haley and Kylie are great. Everyone go support everything they're doing over at Tag Talk. Uh, FMC, Recipe 3, and I talk about everything but wrestling. We ranked Fast and Furious movies this past week. That was a great show. Share Delaware pops in on that um the series which i just wrapped up on cm punk uh, i think i'm gonna do something regarding that uh like kind of a little wrap-up thing uh because people have asked questions about like sort of what i look for and stuff so i think i'm gonna do some type of stream with that uh at some point and you know a bunch of stuff coming up and and, and things like that i think there's new strong style newsworthy tim and joel uh, uh, the New Japan show, Bread Club, with with Matt and Kieran. Uh, check that out. If, you, if you're if you not into New Japan, you want to get into New Japan, or if you love New Japan, that's the show to check out uh, for, for everybody who, who wants to support, again, what we do, what other content creators do. Uh, so, yeah, head over to fightfulverbook.com. Thank you guys again. Everybody have a fantastic Thanksgiving. 
Uh, hope hope everyone has all the turkey. If you have ham on Thanksgiving, enjoy that. Stuffing, corn, green beans, collard greens. What else? What do you have? What's your favorite Thanksgiving? Mashed potatoes. What's my your favorite, favorite Thanksgiving meal? Prob- I my favorite thing is probably green bean casserole. I, I I just I love green bean casserole. I only eat it like once a year for Thanksgiving, but um, I should probably eat it more often. But um, I'm not I'm not like vegan vegetarian, but like I do go on on sprees where I don't eat a lot of meat for like long periods of time. And I'm kind of in that mode right now in a lot of ways. So like for me, Thanksgiving, I already did my Thanksgiving actually, cause my, my dad and my stepmom were in Phoenix right now with my grandma to do Thanksgiving with her. So we already did a family one. So, uh, uh, but my thing is like, I, probably, I ate hardly any Turkey and I pretty much just loaded up because I, I love mashed potatoes. I love stuffing. I love green bean casserole, I love cranberries. You know what I mean? Like so I can I can do just all the sides and be totally totally happy. So, but but I like I like you know, are you white white meat or dark meat for you? White, white. I'm white meat as well. See, that's kind of rare. I feel like I feel like most people choose dark meat, but I, I'm white meat as well when it comes to my turkeys. Everyone, enjoy your Thanksgiving if you're celebrating Thanksgiving. And if it's just another day for you, then enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Bye, everyone. We'll be back next week talking more professional wrestling. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.